We were going to do a riff on the bit in Butch Cassidy when he jumps up, when he says, are you kidding? The swim, you can't swim. swim. The fall will probably kill you. Um, but I have, like, I'm not sure anything works. Yeah. Subtitles. <laughs> Subtitles are probably. <laughs> Old school musicals will probably kill you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you have any ideas, Jack, we'll do that later or okay. not at all. We'll, we'll, see what, we'll see what comes organically from the rest <laughs> yeah. of the conversation. And welcome to Not Exactly Citizen Kane, the film podcast in which we watch lots of films that were nominated for Best Picture and argue about them. I am joined, as ever, by my illustrious co-host, uh, the Sundance Kid to my Butch Cassidy, the John Voigt to my Dustin Hoffman, the well-meaning magistrates to my corrupt police force, it's Jonah Kensit. Hello, Jonah. Hello. You're looking swell. Oh, thank you. Jonah. It's nice to have you back where you belong. Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, good. I'm well, glad. Have you been enjoying these films we've we've been having to watch? Um, yes, I've, I've, I think actually I've enjoyed all of them, but not I haven't enjoyed all of them with them, if that makes sense. But we'll get to that. Yeah, that, I think that makes sense. I've had a good time this week, actually. <laughs> it's yeah, it's been all right. We are as ever joined by a very special guest. Mm. Um, we're very excited for this one. Uh, he's one of our best mates ever. He is uh, an excellent singer-songwriter. He is someone who has lived with me. Um, that was fun. He is very much the Henry VIII to my Anne Boleyn. He is the Walter Matthau to my Barbara Streisand. He's He is walking here. It's Jack Scanlon. Hello, Jack. Hello. Hello, boys. Hello. I can tell, Jack, you're still glowing. You're still crowing. You're still going strong. I've watched all these films and I didn't understand some of those references. Well, I, I maybe I didn't watch them well enough. <laughs> yeah. You see, I've not been concentrating because I've been watching them trying to make these, uh, <laughs> these references happen. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm very, very happy to be here. I think this is exactly what uh, podcasting and indeed Hollywood need at the moment, which is three white men and their opinions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's we're, amazing we're really no one's thought of that before. Yeah. 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 Well, should we get on without further ado? Yeah, definitely. Um, why don't you tell us about yourself a little bit, Jack? Uh, what makes you tick? What's your favourite film? Oh, favourite film at the moment, because it does change, I have really been enjoying Baby Driver. Oh, that's I a good that answer. The day. Um, I think anything that Edgar Wright does, actually. I'm going to think to say just agree. Yeah. There's lots, <laughs> yeah. There's we, lots of... <laughs> we like Edgar Wright as well. Yeah. He's good. He's like salted good. caramel. He's the kind of... He's the flavour of of now. The flavor, yeah. How, yeah, how excited Salted are caramel and for... sweet potato. So... <laughs> that sounds... That's has... I, I want to try it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'll enjoy it. Okay. Mm. Right. Jack, you've yes. brought on a year. I have. I have. Would you like Can me you to tell, tell us you what that year is? Which year? Yeah, that would be great. Yes. So I have chosen the year 1969. Uh, I, I don't know what, do you know what number? I do. Ceremony it's that was. The 42nd Academy Awards. 42nd. The um, uh, ceremony was held in April of 1970, but they're the films of 1969. Um, what a great year. I mean, oh, yeah. you yeah. said this and we were absolutely 
really excited. Why mm. 1969? Was it because it's the year Jennifer Aniston was born? Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe subconsciously. <laughs> I always want to feel closer to Jen. Um, yeah. Very yeah. much so. No, I, I think I was quite enamored by... Um, I, I, I wanted to, to sort of look into a film that was very much uh, surrounded by uh, the notion of, of kind of technology moving forward. So obviously yeah, well, in the US at least because you had the moon landing um, yeah. in the late yeah, 60s. Yeah. Um, and also I, I've looked into a little bit of, of uh, the conspiracy theory. And I think it's very safe to say conspiracy theory. Uh, I'll oh, go on know, now saying it's not true. Um, that uh, Stanley Kubrick filmed the moon landing and that it was faked. Yeah. Well, I I, I, I read somewhere, probably on Twitter, that, that, that someone reckons uh, that he true. did film the, the moon landings, but he just did it on location. <laughs> um, <laughs> they uh, flew him up there. Yeah. Well, he's a perfectionist, it. isn't he, Kubrick? Very much so. Um, well, Has anyone that, um... looked back at the footage and seen if it's symmetrical or, yeah. <laughs> or if there's any, you know, uh, jump cuts? Well, people say, oh, it's too clean, it's too clean. But that's be because the lighting in space is amazing because there's nothing in the way. Yeah. That's probably the next step, isn't it? Do you yeah. think Elon Musk in a few years is going to like set up a film production company <laughs> in space? Yeah. And people are going to go and film in space so the lighting's good and then put like a green screen of Australia yeah. in the background. It's going to be him driving his sports car around on, on the lunar <laughs> surface. Does that mean it's applicable for best foreign film? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but in space, yeah. the well, uh, a, the colony. A, yeah, yeah. That raises the point because the moon is is technically owned by all of us, and the same as like Antarctica. So, does Antarct if a film is is made in Antarctica, does that count as foreign? Or I didn't realize but we all owned it. Is there Did something we? about? Can I sell my shares? <laughs> well, no, we don't we all own it. We all have like rights to it, and okay. no, no one nation has. I bet um, someone sovereignty. does own yeah. Antarctica and they just haven't told anyone. Yeah. They've done the paperwork in, in, in secret somewhere. Yeah. And they're just sort of not telling, telling anyone that they own Antarctica. That's what the I think. Maybe I own wouldn't. Antarctica. Um, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't do that. You have yes. got a lot of jumpers, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying, you know, correlation isn't causation, but you know, man owns a lot of winter wear. Yeah, he's obviously comfortable living in the cold. <laughs> yeah. Or indeed in the vacuum of space. Yeah. Yeah. So um, are you suggesting that Stanley Kubrick's faked moon landings are the biggest Oscar snub? Because they're not nominated for Best Picture, which they is a little bit upsetting. Picture. No. Um, I think, I don't know, I just, I found it really interesting looking into it because usually I think these days, I mean, these days it's all a bit of a... Um, can we can we swear on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's all a bit of a clusterfuck. The internet. If you say the word "rosebud," we'll bleep you out. Okay, cool. Fuck is fine. Fuck is fine. <laughs> Which I believe is the tagline to Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think I, when I was looking into it, the fact that it wasn't just like weirdos in their mum's basement on the internet complaining about it you know even at the time they were respected scientists wow. well slightly less respected scientists yes yeah, they uh, were respected who before. basically said it's there was a, a fellow called william casing um he worked at like a company called Rocketdyne that made engines um and he from the from the get-go was basically going it's not 
it can't happen. It's impossible. You faked it in some way. Um, and I think he was the one who started floating the Kubrick thing. I might be wrong about that, actually. But he was definitely one of the first people to be like, nah, not real, not real. Well, why are they saying Kubrick did it? Is it because he has practiced filming in space? Like filming- he was the, well, he was the best filmmaker yeah. of, of the time. Maybe. Yeah. I wouldn't tell that to Gene Kelly. But if you well, wanted definitely. to keep something secret, you wouldn't hire one of the biggest names of the time, would you? Sure. Although well, I'm, now, I'm, tell I'm now imagining Gene Kelly <laughs> directing the moon landing. It's like there's there's one sidestep for man. Yeah. <laughs> That's one sh- shuffleball change for mankind. Of, yeah. That's a series of vignettes, isn't it? You um, <laughs> the moon landing as shot by other directors. All these auteurs. Yeah. <laughs> Different Where's Anderson's The Moon Landing? Yeah. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino does it. It's just a bunch of alien shops saying the N-word. Everyone feels yeah. a bit uncomfortable. It's fine. It's a foreign territory. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, the Kubrick thing yeah. is because um, the, the child from The Shining wears a, wears a jumper, doesn't he? People reckon it's, that that's... Oh, yeah. yeah people <laughs> have dug deeper. You, you, think, you think that's a little... You think that's a big hole that you've dug there? It's not. People have dug deeper. Um, yeah, a lot of people, someone, I, so I read this, this awesome article um, about it and about like conspiracy theories around it. Um, and he talks about uh, Kubrick because he made 2001 A Space Odyssey the year before the moon landing. Practice. Um, practice so a lot of people yeah. kind of, yeah, kind of thought it was, hmm. they went, well, he did that. We'll get him on for a sequel. Um, but the but, thing about Kubrick is that he never returned to the same genre twice. Yeah. Right? No. Which is arguably anyway. the biggest, <laughs> the the biggest, mm. yeah. But there's Sorry, a there's Jay. a theory. Well, there's a theory that he basically he did it. He got away with it, and then started to feel like wrapped with guilt about the fact that he staged this super important event in American and world history. Um, so he started to put coded messages, like coded messages in. I think it was The Shining, um because he changes a couple of things about The Shining. There's a room called, because uh, it's in the hotel, it's called room 217. Um, and in the movie, as opposed to the book, it's no longer 217. Kubrick changes it to 237. <laughs> and um, people on the internet have basically gone, I wonder why that is. Maybe it's because the Earth is roughly 237,000 miles from the moon. I love wow. that you have to say roughly when yeah. you when you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't counted how long's a piece of string, isn't it? Um, I'm a production design man, could you tell me roughly how far away the moon is from the from the Earth? Well, I we'll have to go door. there and back with a tape yeah. measure. Well, he's already done it once. Yeah. Um, they also there's a line, obviously one of the famous lines: "All work and no play make Jack a dull boy." Um, yeah. And someone on the internet genuinely uh, was proffering the theory that all a double l that looks like a one one a apollo apollo 11 <laughs> and it's, oh, and it's, it's wonderful is... you almost want to believe it yeah i think you i really do now <laughs> i think I just... i'm there <laughs> you want to believe it so that this procrast this you know this work that people have done hasn't just all been you know, uh, yeah, we should really be recognising the filmmakers of the moon landing. Yeah, uh, they've gone, they've gone unappreciated for so long. Yeah, uh, I would. Yeah. So there's, there's one. I'm aware we're we're supposed to be talking about movies from 1969. <laughs> and I'm just mentioning other movies. Um, but there is one more movie that that seemed quite pertinent to it, which was uh, a film called Capricorn One from the 70s, starring 
uh, famous murderer and liar OJ Simpson. So, you know, there's some some credibility for you. Yeah. Um, but that was about a a mission that was deemed too dangerous and therefore faked. Uh, and then I think it's Simpson's character basically is on the run from the government because he's trying to get the truth out there. Wow. So it's not just whack jobs on the internet. It's, yeah. it's, it's movies itself. Yeah. Who yeah. are trying to release the truth into the world. Okay. So, yeah. um, so you think the moon landings should have won best picture. Uh, I th- I'm, I'm aware that probably that comes later in the, um, that does in, no, in, that's in, all right. in the podcast. <laughs> what I think. Shall won, we but. announce the nominations? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, music at the ready. The nominations were Anne of the Thousand Days, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Hello Dolly, Midnight Cowboy, and Zed. Or Z. Right. Where are we? Are we going? We, we're Zed we're or going Z? for Zed because we're English. Yes. Right? I yeah. think. I just don't um, want to have. We're the, stubborn. I'm just trying to preempt the complaints. <laughs> um, Zed, when we say Zed, we mean Z. Yeah. I think you're possibly overestimating how many non-British people listen to this. <laughs> well, no, but uh, yeah, I'm wondering how how do the French or the Algerians or the Greeks or the Greeks pronounce true. well Zeta? Because that's yeah. not a Z. She's not in in Z. No, she's, she's Welsh, she's, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this year, I've said this already, but I, this year for me was one of the biggest ranges of quality it feels like yeah. it's on the cusp of um a, like a kind of a leap in film technology i think so you get i think that so that you know the, the variety between like the technicolor kind of aspects of something like hello dolly and then yeah. another thousand days is kind of really grainy and yeah, yeah it, definitely. it also i think like it's got almost an even split to films when we were looking at this list before we'd watched all of them. Films we were really excited to dig into yeah. and films we were actively putting off. Um, cool. and which which ones? Are, well, I had seen and loved Butch Cassidy already. Yeah. Uh, very excited for that one, to revisit that. Midnight Cowboy, I'd never seen, but people say it's excellent. Um, and Zed, I was sort of... I was intrigued and interested yeah. and it looked pretty interesting from just reading the synopsis. Um, I have seen Hello Dolly before. I remembered nothing about it other than the fact that it's a bit of a slog and was not looking forward to that one, partly because it's like quite long as is. Two hours and 25 minutes. Yeah. 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 As is Anne of the Thousand Days, which is maybe 10 minutes longer. Uh, yeah. Um, and Anne of the Thousand Days I was absolutely dreading because yeah. It feel felt like it was going to be this sort of crusty old period drama, which which it sort of was. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think it, you know, it, out of it, all of them, and I I, I need to f- fact check this, but is, it, is that a um, English uh, English production? I, I believe days. so. Let me just double check. Because yes, I, I yes. had my thought while watching it is it feels a lot. It felt a lot more like a. Um, long tv episode from the time like in yeah. terms of in terms of static shots and set sets are all lovely and fantastic but it didn't feel cinematic in the way that the others were the more the american films were definitely mm. well i also wonder if that was because it was based on a play obviously well, hello yeah. dolly was based on a stage musical um 
but that's already got a bit of glitz and glamour to it. Whereas yeah, yeah. Anne of the Thousand Days uh, is based on, I think it was a 1948 Broadway play. Oh, yes, um, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe um, even earlier, actually. And you could tell, I think, because I, when I was making notes on them, one of the first notes I have on Anne of a Thousand Days is, oh, you can tell this was a play. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, just yeah, has yeah. that kind of vibe. It feels oh, like someone who was trying to write, a, someone was trying to riff on a Shakespeare history. Mm. Quite a lot of it. Which not Should in a we bad way always, but... Briefly go through what, just little tiny mm. synopses of all of these films. Yeah, Anne of yeah. the Thousand Days is about uh, Henry, Henry VIII and his courtship and marriage and you know separation shall we say from uh <laughs> oh uh Anne Boleyn too soon <laughs> i feel like spoil- spoilers don't need to apply to well yeah spoilers that's, if, you, yeah. if you did year eight history yeah i think spoilers don't don't yeah. really she's, come into play she's beheaded guys yeah. she's okay beheaded. i mean they're uh, all dead now aren't they <laughs> yeah 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 um yes that's Anne of the thousand days uh british Casty and the sundance kid is joyous um oh. midnight cowboy is no uh, butch cassidy is about butch cassidy and so it's another true story actually, this kid. One. yeah yeah it, it's not adapted that the screenwriter uh what was his name william goldman yeah uh read this book about butch and sundance and thought oh that's a great story i want to write that but he didn't want to adapt the book because he couldn't be bothered to do any research so right. he just wrote it as if they were modern people which i think is kind of one of the things that makes it so good what's the tagline at the beginning it's something like some of this is true or yeah yeah, yeah. genius but basically in short there's almost it, the story is almost irrelevant isn't it basically they're on the run they go to south america and that's not yeah. a spoiler either because that's sort of the hook of the film mm. um anyone else want to do any of the others um hello dolly you just don't want to do z yeah (laughs) Yeah, i can't fuck i was asleep for most of it (laughs) no i wasn't i wasn't um well hello hello dolly so that's that's this is the first big kind of um i don't know i was gonna say big campy musical but big big movie singing all dancing musical we've we've had to look at yeah and it's um i don't there's not really much else i can i have kind of in my head about it is i mean there's if it's, it's it's about a matchmaker yeah getting back on the pool basically isn't it yeah really yeah um and all of the other hilarious shenanigans that go on surrounding that definitely um yeah midnight cowboy is about uh, gigolo yeah well, well, he, he's well, not a wannabe well, gigolo a wannabe yeah gigolo. He's, he gets paid like <laughs> once i think he Goes to New York and becomes a terrible prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he meets Dustin Hoffman, who shouts at traffic. Yeah. And Jack, do you want to tell us what Zed's about? <laughs> uh, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll give it a go. Uh, so Z is, again, is that is that based on a true story? Is that based on... Yeah, it's based happenings? on real events. Yeah. Sort of with um, the names changed. And he yeah. was also... it was He was a Greek costographer was a uh, Greek filmmaker who was exiled from Greece, I believe, or or yeah. not there anyway. And he went to friend France and they wouldn't make it in France because it was too political. So he then had to take French money and make it in Algeria. So it's an Algerian film made with French money directed by a, a Greek man and based on Greek politics. But it's set yes. in a fictional country because we were quite, we were confused at the yeah. beginning while watching mm-hmm. it where it was set but it's not set in any of those countries 
it's a it, it's described as a mid-sized metropolis <laughs> um there's sort of about half a million people it's, it's basically all about um uh, the murder of a a politician is he's part of the opposition yeah. um against a quite a not a, quite an authoritarian government um yeah. and it then kind of follows the the magistrates uh investigation into what caused his attack and his death and who was responsible um and it's i mean it's kind of obvious from the beginning to the to the audience who yeah. is responsible yeah but they, it's interesting that they tell us don't they they yeah. they directly say they make it very clear that we know what actually happened which Joni, you were saying that that maybe was a mistake yeah, on their I, part i i'm because i think the most interesting part of the film is the investigation which takes quite a while to get going my mm. I, I i really enjoyed this film but i would have just cut the beginning off i think and only told the events in flashback because they flash yeah. back to the same event at the beginning multiple times and they do it in slightly different ways because of different accounts but i but yeah so i think you could have just started this film let's say like the two-thirds mark and it would have had more suspense to it well it would have been a an investigate would have been like a almost a murder mystery yeah sort of thing um which obviously i think is is a lot more interesting well, yeah yeah it, along. it i think it's a it's a it's a weird one isn't it because it's got moments where it's just really exciting maybe that's the yeah. wrong word but uh, and ad- adrenaline fueled you're like oh you're wanting to get to know what's happening the magistrate is great uh yeah. played by jean-louis trintignant him um do you want to do that one varied. again uh yes i don't know how to pronounce it trintignant is how it's spelled something like that it's the magistrate. Well, it's our first um, foreign yes. language film. Well, the yeah. first foreign language film ever nominated for best picture. Yeah, um, and uh, obviously we have just the last Oscars we've had made history. Um, spoilers by awarding best picture to Parasite, the very first uh, ever foreign language film to win. Uh, well, foreign language film is a film not in the English language. I think yeah. it's a better way of saying. Yeah. Um, to win Best Picture, uh, ma- making history and making everyone with any sense very, very happy. Hmm. Um, yeah, was, and it so was. it was interesting watching this just after that. And uh, yeah, yeah, Costa Gavras definitely laid the foundations, didn't he? It does um, feel a bit like going full circle, coming back to... Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I, I hadn't watched Parasite before last week. Um, mm. And I once I finished uh, Zed... I was like, oh man, I really, I enjoyed this. I should probably get over, as as um, uh, as Bong Joon Ho said, yeah. I should probably get over the um, the one inch barrier of subtitles and actually enjoy it. And it is absolutely, I, I was gripped the whole time watching it. Yeah, Parasite is absolutely brilliant. Just a fucking masterpiece, isn't it? Yeah. It's one of the closest <laughs> films to perfect I think I've mm. ever seen. Um, yeah. I think Zed sags in the middle a little bit, um, but you know. I right. Think one of the things that I loved about about Zed was the fact that, it, yes, it wasn't like a an investigation in the sense that we were uncovering what was happening. We were given a very clear, I would say, uh, clear impression of what had actually happened, and then as 
we saw the people in power giving the same line, the same alibi, essentially. It it was I think I wonder if it was almost his intention to get people aggravated because they were so clearly able to see that it was being covered up. Yeah. 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 It was a film about corruption. Mm. And yeah. Oddly timely as well to watch it this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we, yeah. With everything going on in the US, um, the insurrection, stuff like that. Definitely. The, and the little, um, the little metaphor at the very, at the very beginning, they talk about um, yes. isms being a, mm. a disease, socialism, yeah. uh, communism, other isms that I, I can't recall off the top of my head. Well, it, um, it and, raised a really interesting point in that. Um, you know, the idea of nationalism versus communism. Nationalism mm. is something quite finite. It's your country, your borders. And that's, you know, that, that's as far as nationalism spreads. But mm. communism is be, is without borders, which is why it's so intimidating, I think, to people is because it's so much larger. If you're yeah. all communists are communists together, where nationalists are, you know, n- n- no, against each other in many respects. This this isn't particularly poignant, um, but as I say, I was sort of, going through all these notes and one of the ones that i i wrote was that bloody camera how is it fooling anyone there's one of the reporters is kind of he's never no one wants him to take pictures so he always kind of holds it around his neck or he's holding it sort of by his pocket so that no one can see it but he's very clearly <laughs> yeah. resting on the shutter and you can hear it's one of the loudest a, things yeah. that you can hear in the scene is just of this shutter going uh, and he's like hiding the fact that he's taking a picture so obviously he's like i'm yeah. just gonna hold this down here so you can't see that i'm taking a picture yeah you wonder why people kind of go, don't go honestly mate <laughs> come on and yeah. also the the bloke who, right at the beginning someone uh warns someone else that the this politician is going to get murdered he says i've heard yeah. this person that mm-hmm. guy who reappears later on in the film looks so like giles brandreth I um yeah I found it very distracting. Um so it's it's a good way. I think it's a film that could feel quicker, but definitely, um yeah. it definitely does and the end is a right sucker punch in a, in in the way it needs to be, I think, without I saying was, too much. Yeah. Are we how how are we with spoilers? Because obviously the well, endings of movies Yeah, we can spoilers. if we flag up the spoilers. Um yeah. so uh, but also it's been 50 years, guys. Yeah. It's on well, YouTube. Had film. you seen it? <laughs> no, I hadn't. Um, okay, so we're about to spoil the end of Zed. Yeah. Well, the, I, I was really worried for a, a very brief second because before the last kind of sequence of the film, he, the magistrate basically gets in front of the other uh, judges, I think, and, and says, look, this is what's happened. The politician was murdered. It was an orchestrated murder um, by the, the, the ruling government, and they are responsible and one of the kind of more senior magistrates had said you need to think really carefully about what you do now because this will ruin you and there was a brief second where i was like he's he's not going to do it he's going to yeah. fold and then it it cuts to news reports and everybody has been arrested who should be not everybody served time or yeah, well, that should be. That's the thing, isn't it? This whole film has been building up to the conviction of all of these people, and then the end is just a list of names of the, if they go through every single person in the film and say all the bad guys got off eventually, mm. and all of the good guys met sticky ends, and it's so yeah. sort of 
arresting and it's got that sense that even when good people stand up for what they believe in it doesn't matter you cannot yeah. beat the system yeah it's quite and, nihilistic um, isn't it? yeah, yeah but also yeah. i guess if you were if you know if you were definitely looking for um some kind of light at the end of the tunnel with this the the last part of it is that these people didn't die in vain they united there's this united uh opinion now this symbol called z about the doctor the politician yeah, yeah. he was killed uh which is in, in the first scene based on that's exactly what happened in real life yeah. um with the person who was killed um yeah and it's a, an amazing example of a film general and i were talking we can't think of any many other examples where you don't know why the title of the film is what it is until the very last yeah. shot the uh only other one we can think of is is, oh. is francis ha yeah um which similarly you kind of go huh it's a great film if you've not yeah. seen it well, it was, it was it. especially yeah. interesting because i then once i watched it as i do with most movies i watched i looked at imdb quite extensively um especially because i recognize some of the actors um but that's just because they've got one of those faces mm. but um, zed we're talking about now not not francis yeah Z. sorry yeah um but eve montan who plays the politician he's mm. cast as z that's what he's, he's oh uh, oh in wow. the credits he plays z oh that's brilliant so that's very cool and it's um to me like rebirth is yeah yeah i mean yeah he lives yeah he lives he lives it's interesting because I was watching this film. It really reminded me of um, the play "Accidental Death of an Anarchist" by is it Daria Foe? I don't know. But basically, there's a bit. The, the, it's based again. It's a comedy, um, surrealist, and it's based loosely on real events that happened in Italy. But there's mm. a bit at the end where it talks about um, a guy falling out of the window of a police well there's a in in the play accident death of an anarchist it's about a guy who fell out of the window accidentally during an interrogation right. and at the end of um zed one of the you know, when it's listing off what happened to all these people there's a reference to a guy falling out of a window accident accidentally during an interrogation right. um and i was doing some research because I, I thought oh that's i wonder if they're based on the same true event and actually uh, and it turns out um Accidental Death of an Anarchist came out 1969, uh, oh, premiered no. 1970. Wow. So yeah, I do. So I, I imagine they're both based on yeah, real, very loosely on the same real life events. Z for yeah, Zeitgeist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I think that's Zed covered um, for now, at least. Um, it also won. Actually, before we do move on, mm. it was nominated for quite a lot and it won best well, it won best foreign language film yeah and it won best editing as well which i think is really interesting um it wasn't nominated for best score even though the music is quite good mm. um uh, costa yeah. gavras was nominated for best director yes he it? was of course he was yeah yeah uh and and also for best adapted screenplay along with his mm. co-writer uh your gay simple um i have greek relatives i should be able to do this <laughs> i can't um yes okay so uh from very difficult to watch painful uh kind of trauma and people making 
really dangerous dis- decisions that that kind of cause ripples and and ruin other people's lives. Let's move on to a th- film that covers really similar themes. Hello Dolly. Yeah. Um in which uh renowned Barbara war criminal Barbara Streisand <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, kills a politician and then gets two clerks to uh cover her tracks yeah. through the rest of the film. It's a really nihilistic nasty piece of work. Why do you um, think comedy is murdered at points of this film? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael Crawford is murdering good taste in terms of acting decisions, yeah. isn't he, sometimes? Um, do you know what? It, I, I think we're probably on a sliding scale here. My sense is that Jack really loved this. Uh, well, or enjoyed it, maybe is the better way yeah. word of saying it. Uh, it nice I, way to spend a Tuesday night. I'm somewhere in the middle, and I think Jonah really, really didn't get on with it at all. I didn't get on. I enjoyed the experience of watching it. Because oh yeah, it we was, had a great time. <laughs> but I don't. I didn't. I like it. Didn't make me feel good. <laughs> this, so this was the only. I'm assuming you guys watched most of these films together. These yeah, ones, yeah, yeah, at the moment. Jo- Jonah um, and I are now. You're in the, the same, same place, although yeah. not in the same room today. No, but uh, we're under the same roof at the moment, which is very nice. Completely, you know, we're we're living yeah. this this lockdown together. Oh. Um, so yeah, we we howled <laughs> through, through, through Hello Dolly. I watched all the other films on my own. Hello Dolly right. was the only one. I watched it with my girlfriend, and she. The reason being, I'd said, oh, "I'm, I'm going to watch these five films. Do you want to watch any of them?" And she went, "Yeah, I'll watch Hello Dolly." So. We, wow, we watched that's, that together. that's a decision, isn't it? <laughs> I, can... I tried to get my dad to watch Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid with me as well, but he was drunk the night that I was going to watch it, and I just I didn't want him chiming in. Well, we got we got my my dad watched that with us. Mm. Um, I think it's Butch Ed- Cassidy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not Hello Dolly. No one we no. can persuade anyone no. else in this house to watch it with us. I think it's in, it, it's interesting. It is a diff, it is a really different experience. I found watching all these ones together with Alex, than last time mm. just sat in a room yeah. by myself watching yeah. them. Because um yeah you know, I kind of when when you're watching them just by yourself, I think you put on this kind of hyper critical eye or whatever, which is definitely it's bullshit. You I think yeah. you know it's just as much legitimate. In fact, I think you get more out of it when you're yeah. kind of. Because especially with when you were talking about the photographer in Zed, because my dad watched Zed as well. My dad's a photographer, so every time the photographer was doing this dodgy <laughs> camera thing, I was glancing across and seeing what his reaction was. <laughs> so I do think it, it does make a big difference. Definitely. Well, it, you know, even with films, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy any of these films, but even with films that I absolutely love, if I'm with other people it's because it's an experience i'll rip into it because mm. yeah you, you know you make commentary on it and i'm sure some people hate it when i do that but <laughs> i really enjoy kind of they'll quite often they'll have said a, a particular line and els and i would just turn to each other last night and, and go we'll just repeat that line back because it just sounds so silly out of yeah. context we we watched yeah. um jack we watched true romance together and throughout yeah. jack was just going oh Tarantino's a bit weird, isn't he? <laughs> oh, oh, he's yeah. a weirdo. Oh, you can tell he wrote this. <laughs> oh, put your feet away, love. He's just got so many feet. I mean, Hello Dolly, as well as a really horny film. Oh, it it's is. absolutely filthy, isn't it? Yeah. To be honest, actually, a lot of these films, apart from uh, maybe excluding uh, Zed's, 
and possibly Butch and Sundance. There's so so three of the films. Um, <laughs> but there, there's it's, you know there's some not sexy but sex orientated. Well, Butch is quite Butch. There's that stuff. bit, isn't there, where Robert Robert Redford we think he's about to rape her. I yeah, then, I, yeah I I'm watched really that, glad he didn't. I watched that bit. I was I was having a great time watching that film, and then that scene <laughs> yeah. came up, and I was like, oh shit, no, <laughs> oh god. And then it but it's fine. fine they know each other. versus the Sundance <laughs> yeah. kid. Well, well, no, the Dawn fear of was, cowboys. The fear wasn't he was the villain. The fear was the movie's okay with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah that definitely. was what I was worried about. And obviously, it turns out it's just like a a bit that he does with yeah. his wife, which with his, with his girlfriend, which yeah. But but yeah, so I was really I was so relieved when it when when they kind of broke and, the, and it was a bit because I was yeah. oh because I was so was wanting to love that movie to bits yeah mm. uh, so hello Dolly yeah yeah um is we would we put it off because it's two hours and twenty minutes like you said and that immediately turns me off to be honest but um. It zips along. Oh, yeah, yeah. In fairness to it, it, it was yeah. pro- possibly one of the shortest feeling of all of these films. Well, it's only 25% story. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can basically, if you don't pay attention during during the dance breaks, yeah, yeah. you've not you've watched got, a film. <laughs> you've got 15 minutes of, like, you know, time to chill. <laughs> yeah. I'd, get, I'd get up and get a drink when they started dancing. I'd come back and they still weren't finished. So, Anna Dolly's an interesting one because... Um, the casting of uh, Barbara Streisand, who plays Dolly, mm. yes. was a little bit controversial because mm. obviously um, Dolly is a matchmaker uh, and she is a widow as well. And she's pr- a bit older than Barbara Streisand is in this film. Well, and the people they were looking at were people like Carol Channing, who I think did it on Broadway. I might be wrong. And... Um, other people like that who I'm trying to find. Where was it? Interestingly, was on the cast? on the West End, uh, if it ever is to open again, um, Imelda Staunton was due to be playing Dolly. Oh, oh really? In in the West End production. Well, um, I, I right there, that kind of tells you the kind of actor yes, yeah. who, who should be yeah. Dolly. And a lot of people were quite cross, I think, in musical theatre circles, that it was Barbara Streisand, who is this, you know, gorgeous, young, up-and-coming... She was, she was 27, starlet. I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And of course, you that can said, be widowed at 27. Yeah, yeah. But... That said... Was 49. She is, hands down, the best thing in this film by oh, yeah. about 11 oh, country great. miles. Yeah. She, she almost single-handedly makes it watchable, I would say. I think say. she's in a different film. I yeah, think. yeah. <laughs> Either through, like denial or she's got been given a different script because she just she's in a world of her own and she and you're right she i i think i try and imagine a different actress and i don't i, I don't think i would have enjoyed no you yeah. cannot keep your eyes off yeah. her she's incredible in it um and she just imbues this part with a sort of with a charm but also a sort of she know she knows it's a bit ridiculous. There's a sort of a knowing. Yeah. She's kind of giving it all a knowing look. Her tongue is firmly in her cheek. Yeah. Um, she's almost the kind of she's almost external to the rest of the film. The way that she's written, because she's the matchmaker, she'll you know she'll pull out those cards that are very specific <laughs> to the individual. It feels quite Mary Poppins or um, yeah, Puck yeah. from 
you know, from Shakespearean plays that, you know, the person who would be out of the action and, and able to kind of comment on it, it really felt like, cause she's, she is just pulling all the strings. She's, I mean, she's quite manipulative. Yeah. If we're being honest. But yeah, there's that kind of magic, kind of surreal, like she, like, you know, saying she's in a different film. She does feel like she's in another world. Mm. Yeah. But but there's a vibrancy to her performance. It feels like quite just mm. by the the ba- the kind of film it is, it it can't help but feel quite old fashioned. I think in in some ways because yeah. it's it and it's Gene Kelly as well directing it, who is you know Mister Fifties Hollywood Musical, and it's sort of like it's harking back to that. But she ha- gives it such a modern kind of sheen to her yeah. to, to it, and and she's totally. She feels like a modern woman, which is sort of what I think uh, the script is doing a lot of that as well. But but Definitely. she, yeah, she's bringing it up to another level. Um, what I will say is uh, when we started this podcast, I said I do not like uh, musicals very much. I think that's absolute nonsense, actually, because um, the bits I liked about this were the, were the songs, really. The songs. But what I will say is people who say they don't like musical theater <laughs> they mean this yeah, this definitely. is absolutely everything people mean when they say i don't really like musicals no. there was so i've got a sad fact about oh, her Dolly. yeah oh i think I and I, yeah. I, I, your response makes you think that maybe you know it as well um, jonah sprung this on me halfway through the film which yes, was <laughs> so did yeah so did ellen she we were watching it and we wanted to find out how old so who am i talking about i'm talking about the young fellow who plays barnaby, barnaby. um yeah. And he is played by a, a young man called Danny Lockin. Um, and he was he was in his mid-20s, roughly the same age as Michael Crawford and, and uh, uh, Barbara Streisand. So we were looking him up. And basically, a few years later, in um, I think 1977, he was murdered. Yeah. yeah. He stabbed was stabbed a hundred times by a man that he met in a bar and went home with. And it, it, the, I think the worst thing about it, maybe this harkens back to the, the, the mentality watching the movie Z, but he got away with it. Not got yeah. away with it. He went to prison, but not for as much as he should have done. Yeah. But yeah, that was a massive downer. We were just watching the scene where they're sort of prancing around New York, pretending to have elegance, even though they're poor. And then suddenly it's like, oh, he's he's dead now. I mean, in, they're all, most of them are dead now. but In seven or six years. Yeah. 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 It is yeah. crazy. He was in the uh, stage production of Hello Dolly Hello before Dolly. Um, they made the film. Mm. So he was, uh, I presume, <laughs> yeah, presume the same person. Yeah, um, yeah Barnaby as well. Um, what, it, I'm interested to hear what Ellen thought of this, Jack. Ellen being your girlfriend, as yes. previously mentioned. She is a uh, a theatre practitioner, I think is, is yes. the term. She is the yeah. founder and uh, uh, big boss lady of <laughs> Moonhouse Productions, which uh, everyone should check out. They're doing amazing work. Um, yeah. We admire their social media game very yeah. much, so <laughs> we have not quite got to that level yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm interested to hear what someone who's a bit more embedded in the world of theatre uh, thinks of this. Had she seen it before? Was She, a, she a had fond? seen it before. Yeah, um, I think she's seen the film before. I don't think she's seen it live. You know what I mean? She hasn't seen the stage yeah. show. Um, but she, she was talking to me about the West End production with Imelda Staunton um, and wanting to go and see that. And I think, I think you're right. It's interesting what you said earlier about people 
saying when they say they don't like musicals they mean this i think it's very true because she i think she appreciates that it's it's a bit of a slog sometimes it's not I think she, she's quite a fan of, of modern theatre and yeah. modern musical theatre and sort of seeing where you can take the medium. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I think, especially if you grew up with it, it's yeah. it's a wonderful bit of nostalgia, even though it's like 40 odd years older than you. And I can imagine growing up uh, as, as, as a girl watching this and just wanting to be Barbara Streisand. Yeah. yeah. Right? I, How long I mean, I want to be, be her Streisand. now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, watching it back. Um of what a role model. Although <laughs> we're going to spoil the end of Hello Dolly here, but quite frankly, I don't think it counts with with films like this. Well, yeah. Um, but you've been warned. It's an unhappy ending, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not she a happy ending. She marries for money. She's manipulated she this a man. Complete dickhead. Well, for money. It feels to me like everybody making it. So I can, you know, I can, I can knock the characters, but I think all the actors in it are are doing a fantastic job. Mm. And their movement and their voices are all incredible. It feels to me like lots of very skilled filmmakers have been given a bit of a dud of a script because it may to me it makes no sense that she that Dolly, our lead character, you know, is obsessed and falls in love and is trying to win over this abysmal man. Yeah, yeah. Just, Walter Matto. Yeah. Well, this was Not one of the Walter things... Matto is an abysmal man. No, his man, character. But... Yeah. This was an interesting thing because, you know, you start the movie, one of the first lines of, of dialogue rather than, than uh, singing in the movie is her talking to the train conductor in New York saying that she's going to see uh, Mr. Vanderpump, whatever yeah. his name is. I'm going to, every time I say, uh, I think it, it's actually Vandergelder. Yeah. Every time <laughs> we say it, I am going to say something else be- beginning with V. Um, because <laughs> I can't learn it. Thanks for but, setting up that running joke, Jack, for us all. No worries. So we uh, we we, <laughs> we can't miss it. For any for any listeners, that's why. <laughs> He's not anyway. an idiot. He's trying to be funny. All right. <laughs> anyway, so Mister, yeah, so she says she's going to see Mister Vindaloo, and he <laughs> doesn't. And and he the, the train guard says something along the lines of, "Oh, you're going to try marry him, marry him." And she says, oh, why would you get that idea in my head? I mean, your head. And it's like, well, from the get-go, yeah, we know yeah. that she has intentions to marry him. And yet halfway through the movie, she's then talking to her, her late husband, Ephraim, about the fact that she thinks she might want to move on. It's like, well, surely you've made that decision already. Otherwise, why are you doing this? Yeah, yeah but it's one thing to make a joke to a train conductor and it's another to, you know, you always have yourself. said that yeah <laughs> yeah it's one of my mottos yeah um yeah i i think apparently walter matto who who plays uh horace Vanderbeek, um yeah. wasn't very keen on like we were saying the controversy over casting such a young inexperienced actor mm. barbara streisand had actually won the oscar the year before for her performance in funny girl yeah. Mm. So she wasn't completely new, but and she'd been a pop star before that, but well, a singer, I suppose. Um, but Walter Matthau was apparently did not make her life easier at all on that, and he was a bit standoffish really? with her and didn't really. She was kind of really because it doesn't come across at all in the film. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> He's so nice to her. I know, but but I I think she maybe wanted some advice or some kind of the more experienced people to kind of give her show her the ropes and yeah. he was less than 
helpful in that respect. Mm. And also other people like Michael Crawford was equally inexperienced and yeah, yeah stuff yeah. like that uh, made it not maybe the easiest shoot f- for her. Um, but let's play a game. Uh, okay, yeah. Jonah, this is a game of your design. Oh. Um, this was your suggestion. Shall we play? Jack, you watched this film last night. I did. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shall we play how many of the songs can oh. you remember? Oh. Um, <laughs> titles rather than tunes, yeah. or are we going for tunes? Titles. Um, uh, no, I think, yeah, name the iconic songs yeah. from Hello Dolly. See, this is interesting because all the way through, I was kind of going, I recognise most of these. And it was only about halfway through that I realised it was because uh, Hello Dolly is the movie that plays in the first in, half hour of yeah, Wally. In Wally, yeah. yeah. So also, that I doesn't really help a lot me of very the much. Tunes are reused. Yeah, I think. Yeah, well, there's, quite... there's, a, a, I will say the title track, um, has been lodged in my head. Hello, Dolly. Hello, um, Dolly. Both, both her version from this film and also the Louis Armstrong version, which was really interestingly, um, Louis Armstrong is in this film. He's got a little yeah, cameo. I want to talk about this. Can um, we talk about it now quickly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. talk about it. Well, yeah, this might be so, what I was about to say. Go. So Louis Armstrong is in this movie. This movie is set in the 1890s. Yeah. But he seems to be playing himself. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm not sure how, how that works. Is there a problem with um, people saying... Who, who, he, he's called Louis. Maybe oh. there's another singer called Louis in 1890. But let me explain why he's in this film, which might help. Okay. Because... Um, my facts are a little bit hazy on this, but but this is my version of it. Um, if I'm wrong, write in. Um, but Louis Armstrong was asked, I think by his manager, when the Broadway show was about to launch to record a version, a single version of the song Hello Dolly as a sort of promotional, a bit of promotional material for the execs. So these people could kind of play this record and say, hey, this is one of the songs in this show by one of the biggest stars of our day, can you give us some money? And people would go, yeah, that's pretty cool. And then after that all came out, he released that song as a single and it knocked off the Beatles on one of their big runs to number one. Wow. Louis Armstrong's Hello Dolly. So this is sort of, a, it's a cameo. It's a sort of like a, hey, this is the guy who kind of helped us get this thing together mm. sort of thing. So that's why he's in there. Um, I can imagine, Jonah, maybe you'll help me with this, yeah. the uh, conversation um, they've sat Louis Armstrong down yeah. and they've said, hello, Louis. Now we've, hello. Got a, we've got a, we've got a film here. We've got a, we've got a yes. musical musical here. We really would like you to, um, sing one of the songs. You've got the lyrics there, haven't you? Could you yes. maybe tell us what you think of the plot of this, of this story? I just want to apologize to our listeners. Jonah does the best Louis Armstrong impression yeah. I have ever heard. Going in that cold. That was not it. Going in cold is not, <laughs> let me try it. Should we let him warm up? Yeah. I've got to, I think so I have to, when you, I think I have, yeah, I have I to do, do one of the lines he does. I can't do the song, do the, the song. Words. Hello, darling. Hello, darling. That's better. I'll be Barbara Streisand. <laughs> to myself. What a wonderful world. <laughs> wrong yeah. show, Louis. You're yeah. in the wrong show. <laughs> it's not that song. I think that number, though, is just, amazing from that moment when she walks down in the gold dress looking amazing and this 
indestructible tune that I have genuinely, we watched this film, what, like a week ago? I've genuinely had to play that song every morning since I watched it. Just so you can get out of bed. Well, yeah, Yeah. pretty much. It's what starts my day now. Gold full gown. Um, I think it's, I I think the, the musical is not maybe the best musical ever made. I think the song is just genius. It's just amazing. Um, I love it. But can you name any of the other songs in this show? Do we have to? Do we have to like actually say the titles? No, give us a rough. I can probably guess most of the titles, but I don't okay, know even better game. Right, let's see yeah. how many you get right. Cool. So, so there's put on your Sunday clothes. Put on your Sunday clothes and your. Yep, that's it. Great. Um, this might end up being a very expensive podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's It Takes a Woman. Ah, very good. In which yeah. Walter Matthau constantly sounds like he's about to sneeze. <laughs> Some of <laughs> the worst on screen singing I've ever heard, possibly. There's the one, I, I don't know what it'd be, but there's the one at the very beginning where she's kind of walking around, uh, yeah, yeah. handing out cards to people in New York. Do you want to make a, ge- make a guess what that's called? Or it's d- called or Call on game. Dolly. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Is the one where they basically go, oh, it's you, you have, you have elegance or you have, it, it's the, it's the, um, yeah, the two you, clerks. You, you've said the title already. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. We'll carry it's on then. Elegance. Yeah. Elegance. Um, I'm going to hazard a guess. Ah, yeah. Hello, Dolly. <laughs> well, I mean, you said hello, Dolly, there is just two words, but there's actually a comma in the middle and an exclamation mark at the end. So there's I can't not, give you that point. Hello, Dolly. It's hello, Dolly. Dolly. It's hello. Dolly. Hello, yeah. Okay. Hello, Dolly. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> there we go. Welcome to the room, Louis. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's the, the the as the parade passes by. As the parade pass. Yeah, that one. What parade is that? It's the is New that York just like oh, it, weekend parade? It's a weekend. Yeah. It's, it's, isn't it the mayor's show? I don't know. I like, love how you're asking us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, oh, the I, mayor's show. Yeah. Of course. That's that's probably an English thing, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. It's just a parade, isn't it? It's just they do, it's what they do yeah. in New York. Yeah, they just needed a parade for the plot. Yeah. That set. <laughs> I how think big was she that arranged set? it? It was the, like it's 15, 15 acres. acres. That set. Yeah. It's amazing. Man, Pretty sure it phenomenal. won the uh, won the award, won the uh, Oscar for. Uh, it's, uh, art direction, yes, it, Most it was yeah. money. Spent. Yeah, it was definitely nominated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one, oh. and also one best score of a musical picture. Um, it did. Actually, what what are the other nominations? Uh, this morning, I sent the the, the boys uh, here a little snippet from the ceremony, uh, which is one of the worst things <laughs> I've mad. ever seen. It's it was. Ju- it's not real. I mean, I, I, it's, I. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we can I think my highlight link. was when she started singing uh, one of the nominations. So, so she sang yeah. all of the nominations. It's it's basically. Nancy from Oliver, right? Yeah, it's, it's, and oh. she she sang in a Jamaican accent at one point. Yeah, yeah, for that no wasn't reason. Pleasant. There was no kind of link presumably to... the show was uh, part of it. Oh, uh, possibly, but I wouldn't. I I wonder if it's just <laughs> let's see what we can get away with. <laughs> yeah. That seems um, to be what all all that the sixties and seventies was really. Looking yeah. back, <laughs> let's see what we can get away with for now and deal well, with that's the consequences. Actually the, uh, the next millennium. I was say, that that's actually the tagline for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, let's see what we can do. <laughs> well, I was going to say Midnight Cowboy. 
Well, I meant yeah, meant meant yeah. like cowboy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So okay, I think that's hello. That's we've spent far too much time talking about Hello Dolly. It um, is a fascinating film. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's almost more like an anthropological study. Yeah. More than well, it is. There's no villain as well. I spent the whole movie kind of thinking. Initially, I thought the woman that Walter Matthau was supposed to be marrying was going to be the villain. Um, yeah. Whether she was deservedly it or not. But she well, wasn't. The, the, uh, the hat, hat lady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but there, there seemed to be no villain. It, it basically was just a day and a half in their lives. Just a really song-heavy day, yeah. <laughs> day and a half. Um, where everybody he... decided to get married. <laughs> yeah, they all get married together, don't they? Oh, and... we haven't talked about the really tall man. Oh, he's <laughs> so tall. And his eyes are falling out of his head. <laughs> well, he's the only bit of him that's tall is his legs. The rest of him is a normal size. Yeah. But he's so people? tall. So these are... So the film starts with basically um, Mr... Vandergelder's. Um, oh, you broke uh, the. Sorry, stroke. sorry. Who's that? Who's I that? <laughs> I couldn't think of a van joke, Mr. Van Taylor. <laughs> I think. I think you Mr. mean van Mr. Morrison. Von Bo- Von John Bon Jovi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mr. Van Halen. Um, Mr. Van Halen makes more sense. Mr. Van Helsing's yeah. nephew, uh, niece rather, is <laughs> he's trying, to, he's trying to stop her marrying this lanky lad. Not um, because he's lanky. N- well, possibly. We should point out. Um, it's but, because he's an artist. Yeah. Yeah. He's a poet, isn't he? And yeah. Uh, or and is he, he a painter? No, he's a, pain, I, no, I, he's I a painter. I was looking at his legs, to be honest. Yeah. He can he can reach the ceilings to the uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, different the Sistine I mean, he's, he's a painter decorator. <laughs> <laughs> but but they just forget about these two. Like I thought that like was the film. Did. Yeah, so yeah. did we. And then these clerks appear and start dancing. We're not going to come back till we kiss a girl. Yeah. I like that. I do I like the bit where he kisses her hand and the other one's like, Does that Does count? That count? <laughs> I don't think so. That's not how they say it. Sorry, why, why are the clerks now shaggy and scooting? <laughs> <laughs> oh, kiss a girl. Better, better film. Better film. Yeah. Like Zoinks, it's Mr. Well, Vandergilder. <laughs> well, well, Shaggy, well, Scooby, if you go to uh, New York today now, don't remember to, don't tell anyone I sent you there. <laughs> okay. That's my Barbara Streisand yeah. impression. Thank you. Let's see who's under the mask. Louis Armstrong. <laughs> God, God. I would have gotten away with it. <laughs> you went for your meddling clerks. It's gone back. It's Fuzzy gone, Bear. It's gone Frank Oz again. <laughs> Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. It was it was a it was a lovely two hour and twenty five minute romp. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, just to, just to, we never finished talking about the woman. So it's Nancy from Oliver singing the nominations oh, yeah. for best musical score with um with someone incredibly famous. Who is it? It's um uh, Herman. No, it's not. It's Goering? the other one. Yeah, Herman Goering. It's her and Herman <laughs> Goering. Okay, so it's Nancy from Oliver and, oh, what's his name? Uh, Elmer Bernstein. Elmer Bernstein. Elmer Thank Fudd. you, Jay. <laughs> Elmer Thud. Doing, um, doing the nominations but through song and it is just r- r- crazy. And there's even a lovely bit where one of the... Composes well. No, one of the people who's adapted this musical for the screen is is 
young Johnny Williams yeah. and they throw to this incredibly cool jazz guy <laughs> in the audience and you're like, that's, jo- that's John, John, Williams. John Williams. Um there was also a lovely shot near the end. I think it might have even been when people were people were applauding them. Um, it pans out to the audience, and there's just a guy front and center of the shot, just flicking through a notebook, not even looking up. <laughs> he has obviously decided it's not for me, and he's just carrying on with his night. There's one. There's I I, I looked at a whole load of the presentations, and and when they're going through the supporting actress nominations, they name them all. They throw to them in the crowd, and one of them just rolls her eyes. It's amazing <laughs> when they say her name. She just goes, Ugh. <laughs> "That bitch, that cow." Honestly, <laughs> let's talk about Anna the Thousand Days, um, which uh, is how long it feels to yeah. watch this film. It's Richard Burton. That's yeah. Henry VIII. And He's a fantastic guy. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Great, great. Great beard. And, um, I'd say that Gen- and the only other thing I've seen him in is Spire came out of the cold, as I said. But, yesterday. you know, he was yeah. cold. We believed him, yeah. right? Um, and Genevieve Bujold, uh, who I have a great fact about. I have a great fact about her. Um, Land it. She's got one of these faces, right? But when you look her up, she's done nothing you've seen. Yeah. Except she very nearly... Got one of the most uh, coveted positions on television. Was it the moon landing? Not Close. far off. Not far off. Okay, now, <clears throat> I don't care that other people don't care about this. I do. She was cast. She actually started filming um, as the as Captain Nicole Janeway from Star Trek Voyager. The um, Nicole? That doesn't sound right. Alex. Yeah, well, before Kate Mulgrew did it. She played Captain Nicole Janeway, and you can find bits of her on on the internet doing it. And uh, she uh, stepped down after a couple of days. I don't think she felt she was right for it, maybe. And um, and then Kate Mulgrew got got the job. And Kate Mulgrew tells a story. I found this a bit of her somewhere telling the story about. Apparently, she comes on. Genevieve Bujold comes on the bridge. She says hello to all of the people. She says her lines and then she sits down and she says, Engage. And um, they had to do this take over and over and over again because she kept saying, Engage. Um, Engage. I don't know if that's true. Um, but, it's but yeah. Walking. <laughs> hey. Fire but yes. the foes on torpedoes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mr. Paris, I don't really think that you're treating me with the right kind of respect. Um, sorry, I don't know where I've been. Um, I did wonder how long into this podcast we'd go before Christopher Walken <laughs> yeah. came out to play. I feel you know like what? he's going to be in every podcast. <laughs> We've done two whole years, and I haven't, I haven't, I haven't done him. But now, now that well, on the- a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because you've not done any podcasts until no. Last I month. mean, we've done two. We've done it'll be four episodes, but we've I done see, two Oscar years. Right, I'm with they're you. like cat years. Yeah. Um, I had a fact about Chris. Sorry, you've reminded me. Okay. Um, <laughs> Is there any bits Walken? where he speaks? Because I could do them very There's badly. Not, no. So I was looking. I was looking at, at sort of you know 1969 in film. Oh yeah. And one of the the things that I came across was film debut. So you know. And a lot of them, you don't really know them. Um, but there are some very famous actors who had their first film debut in 1969. Hmm. Uh, one of which being Christopher Walken. 
in a movie called Me and My Brother. It's about me and I've got a brother. We get up to all kinds of things. Uh, do you want to know some other people who... Yeah, debut. yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, so, I'll do my impression of each of them. Oh, God. Famous last words. <laughs> no, annoyingly, I feel like he's going to be able to do an impression of this next one. The problem with the um, Christopher Walker impression is it does eat into the runtime. <laughs> no. um, so other people who had their, had they, their debuts in 1969 uh, was George Lazenby. Oh, wow. Of course Secret he did. Service. This never happened to the other fella. There we go. Uh, Ian McKellen for A Touch of Love. Al Pacino. I love. That was <laughs> Ian McKellen. Yeah, go on, carry on. I'm on a roll here. Oh, Constipated. God. Sorry, yeah. Get ready. Al yep. Pacino. Who are? Me, Natalie. <laughs> me, Natalie. <laughs> Natalie. Um, I don't know why this has happened, but they all have such imitable. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger in I... Hercules in New York. <laughs> they said, would you like to be the god of fighting and I said sure would you like me to do an American accent and they said yes so I did <laughs> he, well, it's not his voice in Hercules it's, uh, it's dubbed right <laughs> we've we've got a few more uh, but I think I'm going to round it off with this I'm last one it. because I know that you can do an impression of him uh, in the movie The Virgin Soldiers David Bowie well, I said to them, what kind of soldiers are they? And they said, well, they haven't had any sex. So I said, maybe, maybe, maybe they're virgin soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst Bowie I've yeah. ever done. So Richard Burton is an acclaimed actor. <laughs> yes. Rick, so sorry for crashing that segment. He was in this film playing <laughs> King Henry VIII. Would you like me to do my Richard Burton? Yeah. <laughs> if you can. I'm not going to. I don't. Well, I am Henry VIII and I want to marry English. Anne Boleyn. <laughs> Speaking of impressions of Richard Burton, mm. this is quite. Because I. Watching him, doesn't he make you think of Anthony Hopkins? Yeah. Maybe not yeah. so much yes, in this does. film. They are almost. They look quite. They look a bit similar. But in terms of uh, not so much in this film, but in the other film in um, Spy Came Out, but he. Do, I, I remember I was watching him and watching his physicality and thinking that is very Hopkins. And I, I to the point where I wondered if they were related. To so I googled Anthony Hopkins, um, Richard Burton, and they're not. But Anthony Hopkins, I apparently idolized Richard Burton to the point where well, so he and he met him I think and stayed with him. A bit, but he's so he's. It's quite interesting. Or, or, or some of his performances do I feel ape Richard Burton quite. A bit. Yeah, yeah. And that's they're just, from yeah similar neck of the woods, aren't they as well? Are I they? think he's Welsh he, he as well. Right? Yes, yes, oh. yes. But but I just found that fascinating because yeah. I just I just saw a little bit of him in in Richard Burton. You can see that he's kind of taken on this leading man. Yeah, and put it into some of his performances. I. I think one of the big problems with Anne of the Thousand Days, mm. which uh, was actually much more fun than I thought it would be, um, but I think it has a sort of problem with where its focus is. It doesn't quite know what it wants to be about because you've got Amberlynn's spoiler for history, Amberlynn's execution. Yeah. You've got uh, him finding her guilty, but you've also got him meeting her. You've also got her not wanting to be in love with him. Then you've got the dissolution of the monasteries. You've got a whole bit with um, with Thomas Cromwell, where it kind of becomes Wolf Hall with the lights on for a bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
it's got all of these different films in it and it doesn't know what it wants to be. Mm. And actually what I think it wants to be and the bits of it that work best are when it's not about Anne Boleyn and it's not about Henry VIII. It's about Elizabeth I. And the bits where she's talking about how she's doing all of this for her daughter and her daughter is going to become this incredible monarch. And we know that that's yeah. true. I Do you know what? I teared up at the end of this film. The little girl walking um, away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but also her in her cell a bit earlier when she's doing the big rant. I had moist eyes. I did. I think I agree. I think the problem is it's it, you know, it's in the title, Anne of a Thousand. It, it focuses on their entire relationship where obviously it feels like they work backwards. Like they want to have this, they want to have the weight of this execution at the end. But in order to do so, they've got to put the whole thing into context and yeah. tell the entire story you know, and I think and I think it's one. It could have been again condensed a bit, but it's just where you do that, I suppose. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I'm aware this probably wasn't the the intention of the movie, but I learned quite a bit about like history. Mm. Yeah, me too. Me you know, too. I didn't realize that he met Anne Boleyn and Jane Seymour when he was with his current wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's also it's very. Uh, like I was saying earlier about a lot of these films being quite sex heavy, it they talk about sex. It's, it's like watching Bridgerton. <laughs> like it's it constantly its referencing yeah. sex, and and some of the oh, some of the ways they describe it made my stomach turn a little bit. Okay, any any ones you care to give us right now? <laughs> I can't. Th- I'm, uh, there was one point where the cardinal, so like one of the leaders of the church, who also i know cardinals came before star wars but he was dressed like the red dudes from star wars yeah, yeah. well also yeah. like the time lords from gallifrey yeah in yeah. the 70s doctor who yeah but again the tudor times definitely predate both of those things, so <laughs> well I, we can't I think, say that i think you'll find that gallifrey is a, for a long time yeah it's an ancient right, civilization no. and, and also star wars, star wars takes place ago, a long time yeah, ago yeah. <laughs> galaxy far far away so think you'll find that uh that's not quite right jack gosh but he definitely the leader of of the church yeah in england not of england not yet yeah um uh, talks to the king about Ballsy. um about sort of chasing Anne Boleyn at one point and definitely says something along the lines of like when you enter her and it's just like yeah Henry, i will fill you full of sand henry the eighth says something like he wants to. He says he yeah. wants to fill her a lot, but yeah. But what else? It's like I want to fill you up. I want to yeah. take you like a horse takes another horse. I want to turn you around like a dog turns around a bitch. I want to fill you up like a sex man. And she goes, "Not no. yet, matey." No. Um, that's roughly how it goes, right? I think. I think the exact words were uh, "nut uh, daddyo." <laughs> I think that's what she said. Isn't she good at that line though? Yeah. That, I mean, that way she she gets the daddy over. Feels in. very regal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, genuinely, I think she is quite good. Actually, you kind yeah. of she's got that magnetic quality to her. She's got an. You can't. She's a bit ephemeral. Mm. You can't quite yeah. put your finger on what about her makes you want to hear what she says. Um, and I think that was probably one of the reasons that was obviously what they were aiming for because that's who they're presenting the character of Anne Boleyn as you know she yeah totally she was she made the king of England separate all ties with with the church which was a a huge deal back then um he angered Spain 
which yeah. was also a huge deal back then. Um, only for him to then kill her off. Yeah. The- which wasn't a huge deal back then. Well, no, although he says at the beginning, just taking this film, he says, I've, I've executed men and soldiers. Maybe I should now execute a queen. He doesn't feel like he wants to kill her because she's a, I don't know if it's because she's a woman or because she's uh, someone he's been, you know, uh, friendly with. It feels Um, odds though, that beginning, because it sets, you know, that kind of, it starts with a kind of, flash forward to him signing her execution warrant and he's yeah. very you know it's 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 he's laden down and he's you know he he he's he's a broken man but then as it goes on you know it's it it tells the story of basically he he's stitching her up though yeah yeah well he the last like the last line of the movie or his last line of the movie is they hear the cannons go off signifying she's been beheaded and he goes to jane seymour's house yeah to yeah. rinse and repeat. To pitch her live and let die. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, Jane Seymour played, is an actress who was in... Anyway. Yeah. Um, she was in Wedding Crushes as well. <laughs> was she? Yeah. <laughs> Which you could also describe this film as. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's almost kind of not much else to say about this. Because it, it's so... It just does what it says on the tin, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I, it, what, it do, what I will say is that it looks staggeringly gorgeous oh yeah it, it does the yeah. production design is amazing it the way they shoot england hmm. i never think of england as a paradise right but it comes across like that um and of course jack design. you're a man of kent I you're am. A, yeah. so that must be uh, it, it must have been nice it's quite a kent central film really kent, it kent, is, yeah. kent centric it's, it's not the right part they i, I knew you were going to ask me about this when they said when they went to Hever Castle, I was like, I need to look up where that is. Cause I'm going to ask me if I know where it is or if I've been there. Um, and it's not, it's on like proper North Kent. I'm proper Southeast. No, of course. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought there so, weren't any beaches. No. It's like, where's the, where's the beach? No beaches, unfortunately. Um, I think you're right. There's it, the thing about like how it's being filmed. I wonder if maybe it was cause it had a bigger budget. Cause it was quite a safe movie, I guess in, in some ways, but it definitely felt, more uh advanced filmmaking wise than some of the others purely because they were filming on better cameras i guess you know things like midnight cowboy and z it was a slightly more guerrilla style mm. okay. z especially yeah. was a lot of handheld yeah yeah handheld is what i'm looking for well, I suppose that gives Z a sense of Z, you've got me saying it now. That gives Z, Z. a sense oh, sorry. of um uh, of the, the paparazzi elements of the the fact that it's mm. about this mm. government tr- almost being toppled by media by it's journalists motivated camera movements um, yeah yeah absolutely um I, th- I feel like we 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 leave we've left the two we've left because they're sort of the big two aren't they they're yeah. mm. they're the ones I think we're most excited to talk about they've both got staggeringly good soundtracks um mm. Uh, the uh, is it Henry Nielsen doing the song in um, Midnight Cowboy? And, I believe so. Uh, the the score by John Barry in that film is great. He wasn't nominated, John Barry, for best score. Very upsetting. But Burt Bacharach for uh, Butch Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid was rightly so. He won uh, for best score and best song for Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. 
Let's talk about Midnight Cowboy. This is one of those films that everyone you say, I'm about to watch uh, Midnight Cowboy. They go, oh, mate, it's an amazing film. And I'd never seen it. I knew I should have done. I knew it was important. I knew it was great. I knew it's held up as a masterpiece. I was a bit underwhelmed by it myself. Definitely, yeah. Mm. It was the first of the five that I watched. And I watched it because I thought it was probably going to be the most accessible. Yeah, yeah. And it was well, quite, we left it till last. I, I, I have a feeling that maybe it, I mean, it was obviously a big deal at the time um, because it it kind of, it pushed a lot of boundaries that, yeah, that we are nowhere near anymore, thankfully. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was, I mean, the, the fact that there was a man kissing a man in this film and people left the cinema when they watched it. Did it they? Was really, yeah. yeah they were I can in, imagine. In theaters in the US, they yeah. they walked out, and it wasn't even a big deal. And it's I, Baby Bob Balaban, yeah, doing that, the that kissing. Was his, it was Hill's film film debut as well. Yeah, I won't yeah. do an impression of him. No. Um, I don't have any money. Take don't take my watch. There you go. Um, <laughs> that's my Bob Balaban impression in this film. Uh, yeah, I was I was like I saw his name in the credits, and then I forgot that he was in it, and then he turns mm. up, and I was like, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Yeah. And then I started thinking about Wes Anderson. And I was like, oh, it's Bob Balaban. Bob Balaban. Bob Balaban. One of the most percussive names in show yeah. business. Um, yeah, I think it just comes across a bit aimless. Well, and, I... and it feels like the first act of the story yeah. almost. Like mm. he doesn't, he says, I'm going to become a prostitute. And then he doesn't really. And then just as he's about to make it big, he, spoilers, buggers off. Um, yeah, yeah. with Dustin Hoffman. Well, that's what I that's what I said. I think immediately after watching it is that I think I because re- I I did really enjoy this film, but I felt like it was building up to go somewhere and then it didn't. Yeah, go. It, mm. I felt like it was gonna a lot of it was gonna pay off. Is that could that have been the the intention? Well, probably life cut short things yeah. not yeah. going how you plan because it's very much it was it was an idealistic man. Uh, traveling yeah. to a, a, a faraway city to to make something of himself and it's not working out it's the american dream not happening mm. that i had that was a big vibe of that yeah and it's yeah let, let's talk about the historical context of these films for a moment because 69 I, I almost if you told if you said what do you think you're gonna get from the films five films made in 60 1969 yeah. I would necess- I was surprised that these were the five. Yeah, do you know I what I mean? Thought it yeah. would be they'd be all that one scene in Midnight Cowboy where they get stoned at a party. Yeah, colourful mm. and weird and Andy Warhol esque. Yeah, very but life life affirming. I thought it would be very positive. Hey, love your neighbour stuff. But all of these, if we're saying that Hello Dolly ends badly, <laughs> spoiler for all of the films, yeah. all of these have unhappy endings. Yeah. Every single one of these films, there's, you were saying Zed was nihilistic. I think a lot of the other ones are as well. There's this kind of, mm. well, Midnight Cowboy certainly is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's this sense of people, it's all about people trying to make something for themselves and it going terribly, terribly wrong. Yeah. Well, um, Midnight Cowboy is basically, it's, it's this small town man being swallowed up and spat out by this city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That hadn't clicked with me until you started saying that, and now maybe maybe it's a better film than I gave it credit for. But yeah, I and it's got that show-stopping performance by Dustin Hoffman. 
Dustin Hoffman, who I have seen the back of Dustin Hoffman's head. I thought it would be Dustin Hoffman. I said to the boys before we before we started filming, I have a, I I I think I might have misled you by saying met. Um, (laughs) I was at a I was at a movie premiere. Uh, I was at a bar. Should we take a moment? After I, you I, told this story to explain yeah. who you are to people who may not know. I saw I was at a movie premiere um, and I saw uh, this this gentleman. I did see the back of his head primarily, but there were times when he turned around because um, otherwise, how would you have known it was Dustin Hoffman? Um, at the time, I was 10. So I had definitely not watched Midnight Cowboy, <laughs> nor had I watched Meet the Fockers. So how was I yeah. going to know who Dustin Hoffman was? Um, they are the only two films he's been in, famously. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to meet the fuckers today. I'm, I'm too busy being Dustin Hoffman. Hmm. Um, Woody? Is that how he sounded? Did he turn to you and say, <laughs> Jack, I'm, I really enjoyed you in that film. No. I thought you were very we, good. We did not talk to each other. And I think it's good because I would not have known who he was. And that might have been a bit of a blow. Just be like, hey, kid, I really... And, and then me just going, I don't know who you are. You're... You're of the older generation. Do you think I, he's I, a I'm coming that to take over. That little ten-year-old boy not knowing who he was. I was at this film Specs premiere, this and, 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 and this ten-year-old didn't know who I was. I think I might retire from filmmaking now. Well, all I'm saying is he's not done as much since. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jack. He was in Shaft. Yes. Last time we had the lovely Cameron Reed and uh, on, and he's a filmmaker. He, he makes films, so we could talk about filmmaking now. You are the first person we've had on who is a, a proper actor. A movie or at least star. you used Once. to be. Yeah. Um, you, are, you have an IMDb page. How cool is that? Um, you've had strange, fanatic Spanish people message me asking me if I know where you are. Yes. Um, you're that kind of famous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to say who you are? Do you want me to do it? Let's talk briefly. I want to talk to you about yeah. your your life as a as a child actor and if that changes the way you watch films now jack was in a, do you want to say it or do you want me to uh, no, no, I'm, happy, I'm happy to um, cool let's do it i was yeah i was in a a movie called the boy in the striped pajamas um we're recording this a couple of days after the holocaust memorial memorial day mm. uh, and this was on bbc um oh, so right. i've yeah, been told um so it, I, I, I've had a couple of conversations with people about this recently. Um, but yeah, I was, I was eight years old and I was in this movie. And I, I think people tend to get slightly skewed perceptions of child actors. I think they come, uh, especially at a certain stage in history. I'm thinking kind of like Macaulay Culkin era, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. People were thinking that everybody who was a child actor their parents were right dodgy people and they were in it for the money and the kids were ruined and all that stuff now i i didn't get successful enough for that to happen to me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also your parents are both lovely people Absolutely maybe that's why people. yeah very much um, um that's why i'll never make it as an artist in general i've got a <laughs> relationship with them you've been hampered with a lovely family yeah, yeah. honestly it's cruel Darn it's it. almost child cruelty that they weren't <laughs> weren't horribly abusive to you really um <laughs> Didn't give um, you many hang-ups. Yeah, I'm aware that I, like, I could have chosen, I think the year before this, one of the, the Best Picture nominations uh, was Oliver. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I could have chosen some films with, with child actors to give some perspective. Unfortunately, I, and this isn't me kind of trying to push it under the rug, but I don't have much memory of it. Um, 
because I was I was a child. Um, I was very much sort of they put me in in a place. I then recited some things I'd learned, like some lines that I'd I'd remembered, and then went home. The thing people always ask you. Mm. Um, that's a that's a, and I'm going to ask you now, even though I know your answer because I've heard okay. you answer this question. But that's such a heavy film. Yeah, it's a film about really difficult stuff, and it's mm. about putting that difficult stuff at the level of children, right? And, and and trying to show people who don't maybe have a grasp on that experiencing that horrible, disgusting exp- thing. Yeah, the blemish on the history of humanity that is the holocaust and so you're not only are you pushed into this big high profile movie when you're eight but you're also saying these lines you're doing a film about this unspeakable event that i think probably not many of us learnt about until we were older than you were when you yes, were doing that yeah, film definitely. i mean that's crazy and and what can you speak to that maybe i guess yeah, I I think so. I didn't. I was aware of um, the, the I I'd, I'd been taught some things about the Holocaust. I think I was aware of what it was, but it was only if uh, you know as I got older that I realised the impact of it and the impact of of the film itself. Um, I think the the lucky part of of my role in the film is that it, it's based on a book by John Boyne, wonderful novelist. Um, and he wrote it from the perspective of the children. So it, in a way, it was kind of fitting that I was learning about what was happening because they would have had no clue. Yeah. And that's the whole, yeah. the whole sort of perspective of the movie is yeah. these, these children not fully understanding what's happening to them. So, I, you know, it, it very much... I'm kind of glad that it didn't rely so much on my abilities and much more on the writing and and the context behind everything that was happening to the the two lead characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, we should say you were also in a television series uh, called Married Single Other, yes. which you are excellent in. Not that you're not excellent in The Boy in Striped Pajamas. You're you're great in that as well. I haven't seen that film since I met you actually, so I, I need to kind of reassess it. Um, I haven't seen it since I was very little, um, but well, not very little. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, well, since they showed the film- it to us at school, yeah, the thing <laughs> is, is, it's the film that they use to try and teach children about the Holocaust. Yeah, it's I think that's schools a lot. why people have such a weird response to finding out that that's who you are, because it's not just you're this kid who is in this film. It's you were a part of pretty much everyone of our generation's education. Yeah. And and that's a kind of that's a unique bit of it. <laughs> it's sort of like you're not just someone who's in a film. You're like someone we watched at school. And and that's so strange. Yeah. You know, to to meet a part of your curriculum and yeah. get a flat with them, you know? It's like meeting <laughs> it's, like yeah. um Rashid who had three apples. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. God, what a film. Um but yeah, you're also in a TV show called Married Single Other. Yes. Also quite years. young. I think I was yeah, I was yeah. 10 when we when we filmed that. Um and that's another really not to spoil Married Single Other, but that gets no, heavy. I don't want to spoil that one because that one's less obvious, but it, um, it deals with some slightly more grown-up themes than one would expect a 10-year-old to 
yeah to be aware of everyone um, should check that that show out um we watched that together me and jack we did um, lockdown which was, was long <laughs> <laughs> which was an amazing experience yeah. um and it was uh yeah it was it it's i i, I think it's amazing that you're so normal as well because you are <laughs> just one of the most well-adjusted people i know for example the two people i'm talking to if you asked me which one of which one of you was a disaffected child actor um <laughs> I, I wouldn't say jack <laughs> um oh that that's that's i need to think about my actions <laughs> no I'm, joking. I'm i'm sort of joking but also you were jonah you were also a, you were on the west end when you well, were young or, or in the fringe you? no no oh. i um i wasn't uh, i i I toured a little bit when I was probably around uh, a bit, a little bit older. And then the, the West end wasn't, um, I, I, the show I was in went to the West end and I was too, I got too big for the part uh. I was playing. So I went as a stagehand. It was a really small, um, theater on the West end. So I went and I worked on the West end, but I didn't perform there. Oh, that's sick anyway that is the tangent that we needed to spring yeah. off to to explain why i saw dustin hoffman in a bar when i was 10 i, I really <laughs> liked you in that film and i thought you were really good jack i thought you were very good indeed um oh dustin hoffman right sorry <laughs> is that yeah i'm <laughs> you're doing so my what, dustin hoffman impression it's a good dustin hoffman in this movie yeah i, I, I think, think that was the thing that, that okay, really okay. shocked me don't because call me don't call me Rizzo. Come, come, don't call me Rizzo. My own house, my own place. I mean, you're gonna call me in my own place. Call me Rizzo. I've never done a Dustin Hoffman before ever. That was like that's just. So um, this was. I was making notes on on this film. I, I I said to you guys, I watched some of these films um, on my own, and I was I was able to kind of have my notes up and just sort of like voice to speak, uh, hmm. like like you know speak uh, into like Siri and get them to uh, to write it down. So some of these are quite stream of consciousness, um, but one of them. That I can't find now, really annoyingly. Uh, oh, here we go. Um, I wrote, they do a really good job of making Dustin Hoffman look gross as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. No, because they do, don't they? A, literally he, one year before, he was in The Graduate. Yeah. And he was one, this young, preppy fella. And now only one year. I thought yeah, that was that's, earlier. Oh, yeah. that's crazy. I, was I 30, I think. Wow. I just want to say, not to become a cliche of myself, but watching this film did make me think what a crying shame it was that Dustin Hoffman is now too old to play a young Leonard Cohen in a Leonard Cohen biopic. Yeah. Because he's got that quality to him. But yeah, he's amazing in this. He's amazing yeah, in Midnight Cowboy. Um, and John this... Voight as well was, yeah, yeah. I think, roughly the same age. And he was relatively unknown. I think he he even took like a reduction of his pay so that he could be in it. Oh, wow. He basically oh, wow. said, I'm, I'm you can pay pretty, me less as long as I'm in the film. Yeah. Pretty sure they didn't want him, did they? He was, they were, people were reluctant. Choice, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's not from Texas. He's, he's doing an accent in this film. Mm. Um, well, aren't we all? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing an accent in Midnight Cowboy as well. Um, <laughs> and it's Dustin Hoffman's voice. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, there's, again, there's not much more to say about it because... It's it's it it's a film that says a lot, but it's also yeah. quite a slight film in terms of it almost becomes a hangout movie. 
Yeah. Right. It's kind of yeah. almost just about these guys making the best of it in their terrible situation. Well, I wanted to make a comment about, and I know you're you're gonna you're gonna f- flag me again for the, but uh, I made a comment last night about it being quite. It felt quite inspired by French New Wave. Yeah. <laughs> and is getting highbrow again. It's a film podcast. Come on. <laughs> I know, but like there are other films. <laughs> I what the what I'm like I'm talking about like the kind of the brand the kind of the flashes of black and white and the kind of the, Yeah. When it's it because obviously it's a, I mean it's never fully cleared up or never fully explained what has happened to John Vite. You know, to Joe, Joe Buck. Joe, Joe Buck. Buck. It was very. I found this with the flashbacks mm. in this and in uh, Z, 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 where uh, maybe it's just maybe it's just how fifty years changes the way that filmmakers uh, present flashbacks because thematically it does the same thing as it would in a movie today, but they were a lot more jumpy. Yeah. yeah you know it, it it was very much just kind of it it was a very clean cut back and then forwards it, it was quite um quite sh- uh, shrouded in mystery almost especially the the midnight cowboy ones because it all it needs is to give you little hints yeah of the fact that he didn't have a particularly stable uh adolescence well it's that kind of montage feel of like it's almost um, uh, you know if you put it in quick it's almost subliminal and what it does yeah because it it's not just a straight cut to something that happened before it cuts between what's happening now the flashbacks of what happened which becomes stronger but also flashes that merge the two so it puts um his girlfriend who's uh, it's implied that they were both uh, you know attacked and she was um sexually assaulted mm. but it puts her in like the back of a taxi in new york for a second and it you know it, and it switches out the faces of people he's looking at at one point Justin yeah. Hoffman with so it's not it's not a straight cut back and forth it's a sort of blend between the two yeah which mm-hmm. I really because it what it does is it evokes a real feeling of this kind of creeping venomous nostalgia I think yeah it's it's beautifully shot this film mm. yeah. as well and it just looks gorgeous but also grimy at the same time it's got this kind of sleaziness to it even though it's so nicely shot you know there are yeah. there are bits where we follow his feet and hit those gorgeous boots oh, lovely, of his they? stuff like that um but yeah, yeah it's it, gross it, i felt like i smelled of cigarettes by the end of yeah, the film yeah 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 absolutely it is and, also and what the, is it with them taking like two drags of a cigarette and then throwing it away well, it's how you look cool, right? Thing. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, I'm gonna um, kill myself, but only a little bit. <laughs> they were probably cheaper back then as well, cigarettes. Yeah. So you probably could get away with that. Um, also, du- we've talked about Dustin Hoffman. We haven't talked about how sweaty he is. Um, oh, all the time. Which is yeah. Miraculous. I mean, it's a me- it's a very sweaty performance. There's a um, person off off camera who will be spraying him between <laughs> takes. Surely, I'm just like, we got to get you moist, Dustin. We've got to get you moist. <laughs> well, I, I, I had a good bit nice about like X rated film so this, this well movie... uh, that, that, blah, blah, blah. sorry well. not to... <laughs> um because i i yeah we need to talk about that but if it's got something to do with uh i don't think the... it's what I, i'm aware of what you think okay yeah. cool that's fine i just um, wanted to, you know it was it was at the time at least the only x-rated movie to be nominated for yeah. best picture oh, right i didn't realize it was nominated okay yeah. cool yeah um and it made a, a big 
I think I, I, I watched like the opening monologue of the not monologue, but like of the Oscars of the ceremony, the first twenty minutes, and it's Bob Hope. Yeah, uh, he's not hosting. There's like seventeen. It's there's a, the a bunch second of time that the Oscars didn't have one host, mm. um, which is obviously what which is what they're doing now these days again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the year before they it was the first time in this year they did the same thing, and yeah. Mm. But yeah, I was watching Bob Hope did a lot of jokes basically about how grim all of the not grim, but you know, um, raunchy maybe is a good, yeah, good term yeah. because you've got the the notion of of prostitution, um, gay sex, which was uh, unfortunately quite taboo um, mm. in film in the sixties. You've also uh, I'm aware we're harking back to a, a film we've already talked about, but in Anne of a Thousand Days, um, I was looking into it. it the play was from I think about 20 years before they couldn't turn it into a film initially because the, the conversations of sort of incest and adultery yeah. wouldn't have been allowed. They had to wait for, so there was something called the motion picture production code, which I think, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's the same thing as the Hayes code, but it's definitely similar. Yeah. But that was gotten rid of in 1968. I, oh, so right. In oh, okay. So later, yeah, later than the Hays Code, because the Hays yeah. Code is, comes So out I in think the maybe 60s, there was there was almost a bit of a kind of a a response to that being lifted, with these films all being quite risque for their time, maybe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and also, this is like 60s is the decade of sexual liberation, right? So well, Summer of Love was 67. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is almost a couple of years after that. It's like with these films are about the fallout of that sexual liberation it's yeah. like the dark side of that this is what um, happens when you're too liberated people. yes ex- yes exactly um although beheaded. weirdly zed which is the least sexy film of them all mm. is um not is a film about not being liberated enough yeah. do you not find communism sexy um <laughs> i mean of course i do <laughs> but uh it's 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 about communism being Beaten down. My, uh, manifesto. Yeah. My my <laughs> but the ex certificate for Midnight Cowboy, um, I've got up here the the, the reasons they gave. Because they originally yeah. gave it a, an R rating and mm-hmm. then they changed their mind. And the reasons were due to the homosexual frame of reference, yeah. um, which is bonkers to read now, isn't it? But well, especially because so I, I read that before I watched it, or at the very beginning. I thought it was gonna have a lot more yeah. to do with it. And yeah. it it's not it's weirdly framed the the gay sex stuff isn't it in that film because it's sort of you're he clearly isn't into that and it's about it's about it's kind of it's put across in this film wrongly i think as something he has to a vice he has to because he's so desperate yeah exactly it's a yeah it's a film about desperation they all are Hmm. really um all of these hmm. are about people on the edge about people being desperate um let's talk about the last one let's talk yeah. about oh thank goodness let's talk about yes. the, i mean i mean what a film i'm gonna say i'm gonna be hyperbolic first and then i'll get out of the way i think butch casting the sundance kid might be one of the best films ever made oh okay i've said it i've said it you can shout at me on the internet i don't care I think it's one of the best films 
ever I'm made. Wary of of statements as definitive of that, but I definitely yeah. You're think three it's movie there. films in. Yeah, that's why I said you're one three of years in. That's why yeah. I said one of okay. one of one no. of seventy three of the best films <laughs> ever made. No, one of one of this is out of the films we've watched for this so far. It's the best time I've had. I think. Yeah. 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 It's I just, mean, it's just staggeringly it's joy, good. Just a joyful film. Yeah, oh, it was a, it was a lot of fun, and you can like, I, it's a fun period of history. I yeah. think everybody seems to be a fan of uh, of outlaws in the mm. West, um, and it was so you know it, it it was a it was a whole genre of movie. Yeah, well, it was bef- you know that we had we had the big. Um, musicals which is you know kind of harkening back then we had the big you know, the westerns had their day yeah and yeah. now we're the superhero movie is the western of our time well it, it's weird isn't it because this year was the same year didn't get a best picture nomination but true grit did oh, really yeah. well oh, yeah. this year as well and so it's interesting that the two westerns in the conversation you've got true grit which is all about a washed up western hero it's john wayne but he's old right and it's um about i haven't seen it so i'm busking here but it's about a relic almost Mm. uh of that time and then this western is is a western but they speak like modern people they speak like people from the 60s it feels very vibrant and modern and very 70s for a film made in 1969 it's like ushering in maybe it's because paul maybe it's because robert redford was mr 70s yeah yeah um Oh, well, Paul Newman as well, but Paul Newman, who turns up in a poster. Did you catch this, Jack, in Midnight Cowboy? He's oh, in John Voight's uh, room on his wall. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, I, there's a great story about the writing of this hmm. film. I said earlier about the guy, uh, William Goldman, who won, rightly so, Best Original Screenplay yeah. um, uh, at this awards. Yeah, he so he read the book and was inspired by it and what inspired him was the fact that they he said american heroes never have second acts but these guys did they fled to bolivia and then they just did incredibly well for like eight years and and so that was what he wanted to write about but a lot of studio execs thought that that wasn't on he had a load of trouble getting the film made because everyone said we'll make it if you make sure that they don't go to bolivia and he said, but that's what happened. But that's the story. That's yeah. the point of the film. And they said, yeah, but John Wayne don't run. The cowboys <laughs> don't flee, yeah, right? I... They don't run away. Your heroes, your gun-toting, quick-talking, badass motherfuckers yeah. are just f- running away. They're not that's not on. They can do everything. And yet these guys, I, I've noted when I, when I was watching it, I was thinking it's it's probably it was probably odd at the time to see a depiction of, not just a cowboy, but a leading man, you know, quite being macho and stuff, macho, not, not being uh, so self-assured the whole time. Like there were moments where they were, I wouldn't say cowardly, but they were realistic in the fact that they were only human and they weren't able to defeat all enemies, which yeah, is very yeah. un-American at the time. What, what I loved about, well, there's, there's a thing about, if you look at the American big movie stars of each decade... Yeah. They represent what America thinks of itself. Hmm. Have you heard this? So 
if you look at like the eighties, it's all about these big jacked, you know, it's like it's Schwarzenegger and it's Van Damme and it's all of those yeah. kind of muscle bound. They're more guys. than men; they're cyborgs. Well, yeah, they're, yeah, exactly. well, no, but genuinely, they're kind yeah, of yeah. macho meat creatures. It's man the Reagan 2.0. era yeah. America, fuck yeah, sort of attitude. But the seventies stars are all sort of. They're twitchy. Yeah. They're mm. Dustin Hoffman, who Kramer is not versus Kramer. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman, fucking gorgeous man, right? But not classically so. Um, mm. And small and weird looking, and 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 I think the same is true of well, Robert Redford and Paul Newman are two of the most beautiful men to ever have been put on screen, right? And this yeah. is them yeah. at their absolute peak. <laughs> but um, I think, but it, Paul Newman doesn't get the girl. No. That, no. And, and there's even a bit where he says to, to, to the girl, oh, what's her neck? Catherine Ross. He says to Catherine Ross, well, she says to him, well, if we'd met first, maybe we would have got together. But it's fine. One thing I really noticed with this yeah. film is that it's about this central male friendship, right? Brilliantly drawn in the screenplay, brilliantly acted. Yeah. They are dynamite together. Paul Newman and Robert Redford are having so much fun. The script is incredible. The dialogue is just stunning. And, but there's never any meaningful conflict between the two of them. There is no bit. If you think about that film, if it came out today, you would have a bit where they fall out. They find out something about, and it's about them having to get together again and work it out, right? Well, they'd have fallen out over Catherine Ross. Yeah. And I'm so glad they didn't in this because it wasn't about a love triangle. It was about three people who were friends. Yeah. The, The guy, the, his best mate has has the girlfriend he kind of fancies her, but it doesn't matter because he cares about the friendship more. And yeah. they bicker, they disagree with each other, they lie to each other, but it, it's fine. And that, I think, is what makes it so joyous and so much of a romp. And it's it's a dark story. It's a story about, again, this is a spoiler, but it's a very famous ending and it's a very famous mm. story. It's a film about loss. It's a film about losing, <laughs> as well as it's a film about thriving against those odds it's not a happy ending although brilliantly they don't show us yeah no. i mean they go they, out on a high yeah although i apparently we we're talking about uh conspiracy theories if you actually look into the history of the real butch and sundance a lot of people a lot of people think they survived oh and it's actually it's, different yeah. it's a bit of a different story to the one made in the film they were found dead in that place. They never did the run. They didn't yeah. do the run out. No, they waited till the morning. Uh, this is what I was looking into. They So the army were all around and they literally waited overnight. And it wasn't till the morning that any of the, the Bolivian uh, police ventured in. And they had, uh, it's theorized that they, that I think Butch had shot Sundance in the head and then shot himself. Yeah, wow. yeah. Like Which is... Lot- you can see bleak. why maybe they yeah, changed but that al- But also a lot of people, there are a lot of accounts, I don't think this is true, but a lot of people said, oh yeah, I met Butch later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He turned up in the 20s. Yeah, he you filmed know, the moon landing. In Australia. <laughs> yeah, Stanley Kubrick and then DP, Butch Cassidy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah it, it, I just think it's stunning. Mm. And there's there's an inexplicable bit where it turns into a pop video. <laughs> yeah. And there's just slapped bang in the middle of the film. He's riding around on a bike and right. raindrops keep falling on my head plays. Um, and I love it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't take it out. It doesn't take no. it out of the film as far as I'm concerned. The only what thing do you that think, took Jack? me slightly out of the film was he turns up. So, so that 
the the night before this scene, there's a guy in the town basically showing off his new, in, not a new invention, but he's trying to sell the bike. He's yeah. trying to make it popular. He's going, this is the future. And Paul Newman, Butch Cassidy, is looking at it going, oh, interesting. Very clearly going, I haven't heard of this before. I look into <laughs> no, it. No, the next no, morning, he rocks up. He knows how to ride a fucking bike. Yeah. He knows how, how to ride learn a bike. how to ride a bike in a night. He's doing tricks. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's lying like, on the front. I've been riding a bike since I was about six. I've, I can't do any of that stuff. I can't yeah, ride a but, bike. No. Oh. Jack, he's Butch Cassidy. Yeah, it's charisma. charisma. It's just, he's so cool. He can just ride a bike. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Robert Redford can't swim. Yeah, but can't. Sun, the Sundance kid can't swim. Doesn't stop yeah. him. Very um, lovely fact that I learned about Robert Redford in this movie. Um, he did a lot of his own stunts. Right. Because uh, he was that bit younger than Paul Newman. Yeah, And also, they don't have loads of stunts. He's just jumping onto trains, really. Um, have you ever I've tried to jump on a train, Jack? <laughs> just jumping onto trains, you know. That was anyway. a cut sequence from Married Single Other, I seem to remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he he does a lot of his own, own stunts, but he always made sure that the stunt doubles who were, who would have done it got paid the full amount because oh, he didn't want wow. anyone missing out. Well, he's been lobbying for stunt double Oscars, hasn't he? He's one of the big names mm. who's saying they should be there should be a category for stunt performance, oh, yeah. which there should yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what? Yeah. I, if you get a chance, do you either watch the um, stuntmen react thing? Like, um, I've seen I've seen a couple of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it's fantastic. Well, they they do a whole series. They do stunt stunt men and women react. So they do animators react. They do visual effects artists react. Yeah. It's all it's corridor. It's kind of them digital. offering their professional yeah viewpoints on it. Yeah. But it's just breaking down the kind of the because it's that art in itself. You know how how you land without injuring yourself in the best possible way but sometimes they you know they'll say the the best way to fake that shot is just to do it and you get that sense in this film like it feels really like you know you hear them panting as they're going up as they're climbing up the Mm. you know the cliff sides and stuff it feels very tiring a lot of it is shot on location isn't it it's I mean, it's stunning. It looks, again, it's another film that just looks gorgeous. Mm. Amazingly, Robert Redford was not their first choice um, for Sundance. There were a load of names. Jack Lemmon um, was yeah. offered it. He turned it down because he didn't like riding horses. Um, and he felt like he'd played the character before. Similarly, Steve McQueen got the part for a, mm. like agreed to do the film but backed out because he fell out with Paul Newman um, and they later went on to do Terry Inferno together and had conflicts over their billing which uh, I imagine is has got something to do with that mm. um, and Warren Beatty was offered it as well and he turned really? it down because he'd just done Bonnie and Clyde and he felt it was too similar Yeah, but Robert Redford and Paul Newman they only did two films together but they, to me, they've always felt like the screen partnership. The Sting and this film are just both so good. And so much of that is due to how good they are together. They are yeah. so good. Um, and, and part of that is the script, but just, I don't know. And they're gorgeous. Paul Newman's eyes. Paul Newman's eyes. Robert Redford's eyes. Should we leave oh, you for a bit? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, just, I just love it. I think this film is incredible and i think wonderful. i think it's great that yeah there are other films a lot with it doesn't have a happy ending but it's 
It's about joy. It's what the one film, this and maybe Hello Dolly, are about joy in a way that the others aren't. <laughs> it's about freedom as well. It's, it's them, it's them living a life outside of you know these uh, these structured little box towns. Mm. They're kind of yeah. And they, you know, they try and go, there's a point in the movie where they try and go straight and they try and live as, you know, they try and live within the law and, they, you know, that doesn't work out for them. But it's, yeah, yeah. it's about, it's about them trying, you know, them trying to live their, their ideal life and the men who are trying to stop them. Mm. And it's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Which mm. I'd forgotten. It's so funny. It's virtually, uh, it's virtually a comedy almost. I would say just the gag ratio. It's yeah, it's amazing. It's hilarious. Definitely. There are so many jokes in it. I remember thinking while I was watching it as well. If it was if it was kind of released around the time of uh, PS2 games, they <laughs> oh. definitely would have made a Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids video game where you kind of did little mini levels. You jumped on trains and stuff like that because it is oh. it's just that period of history that is just so fun same as kind of uh pirates i think are the same we we do we love an outlaw yeah yeah and people and that's, there are two of them yeah. this well that's the reason that i think a lot of people were kind of almost desperate to to believe that they survived in bolivia because yeah even though they were criminals they even at the time i think people were like people liked an outlaw well it, they, liked, they thought it was cl good clean America, they were living out the American dream still that people yeah. were starting to realize wasn't a reality. It, it's, again, I'm going to go back to that last shot. It's such. Can you imagine if this film ends with them getting gunned down visibly? Mm. You know, it's so. It's such a good decision. And we take it for granted because that's just the ending of Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Yeah. But that's so bold and it's so perfect. Um, and both there's, there's another film I can think of. I won't mention it because it's, I mean, everyone knows the end of this film, but it's a big spoiler, but another film that ends there before the bad, the inevitable bad. And that must be in some way because of this film, right? That must be a riff on this in some ways yeah. in the meetings when they were writing that other film, I'm not going to mention, um, someone must've said, Oh, like Butch Kestian Sundance kid. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just genius because it leaves you with hope. And it turns them, it doesn't mean that they're characters. It means that they're legends by the end of yeah. the film. They're yeah. stories, they're archetypes, they're heroes. And I think that's just genius. Yeah. I think it's genius. They make uh, crimes look so easy. Yeah, yeah. I'm really surprised more people didn't do crimes. Well, I think they did. I think that's ah, what it's called, the that's... Wild West. Ah, yeah. If you think about, think about how many cowboy films <laughs> where they're all criminals... Um, Isn't it odd to think that the events of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids were, uh, I think, around the same time, maybe a bit earlier, um, around the same time as the events in Hello Dolly? Yeah, amazing. Amazing. It's actually after. Yeah. Hello Dolly is 1890 and Butch and Sundance starts in 1899. No. Wow. Yeah. So That's amazing. It is incredible, isn't it? That's incredible. Well, the, the period of history, that kind of cowboy period of history is only like 20 years, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really short, but it's... And it's more recent than you think. Yeah. It's like, it, it's bizarre that that's what America is like at the same time that the Victorian era is ending. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, it's it, it's 
so strange to think that. Um, and it kind of shows how quickly America has caught up, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would love it if halfway through Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, Barbara Streisand turns up <laughs> as as Dolly. Well, I can get those guys off you if you want. Gets Butch um, Cassidy a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Louis Armstrong turns up. Yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, well, gentlemen and gentlemen and me of the jury, um, we've got to make our decision. Okay. Uh, now, I think it's pretty... Yeah, and you know what? I was expecting... I thought I knew which film I was going to vote for. And I get that Midnight Cowboy is important. I get. And what you were saying about it being about the American dream failing almost won me round. But I genuinely... I'm going to get my thoughts out of the way because they're quick and simple. I think it's Butch Cassidy. I think, for me... If I had the power to give the Oscar to any of these five films, I'd give it to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I think it's a masterpiece. Um, I think Midnight Cowboy actually comes third for me. Ooh, comes Butch Cassidy and then probably Zed. Even yeah. though I didn't love watching it, I think I think it leaves you... You've, I've not stopped thinking about that film. Mm. I think it's... You said Since it, I earlier, watched it. it was an important film. And I think that's really... I think that's correct. I think it's, it's interesting. Well, Midnight Cowboy and Zed are both controversial especially for the, if you think about the time that they're in and you know we're saying that zed feels quite relevant now but it's all you know talking about communism and having your a lot of your protagonists being communists in 1969 that yeah i'm surprised that that film is is nominated for best picture was recognized in the u.s well yeah i i think i agree in terms i think when you look at it from a uh, are we looking at from specifically us me if i were to give the best picture award to one of them or are we kind of going if i was part of the oscars i i think for this to work it has to be it's a really interesting one we have this conversation every single time and jonah back when we started jonah said it was it's not so much about what film you enjoyed the most. It's about which film you think deserves the award. Mm. But I think it's got to come from us because yeah. the Oscars made their decision. And this is if, if we, if, if what film we think deserves to win that award. Yeah. And even though Butch Cassidy is the one I enjoyed the most, I still think it also is such a well-made film and such a breath of fresh air. I think it deserves yeah. the award for me. Out of a thousand days, while I don't think I, I, it, Maybe it's because I was, ex I'd kind of put it in my head as something a bit different. I really enjoyed it when I was watching it. And mm. I think part of me thinking this is, this is the sort of film that nowadays, if it was the 2020 Oscars and they released uh, an, an Anne of a Thousand Days remake, I feel like that would get some attention. Oh yeah. Because it's, it, it's Oscar fodder. It feels like the sort who, of thing that you'd eat up. Who would be in it? If oh, they did I it thought now. about this the other day. Um, I thought about this with Hello Dolly. Um, and he'd be cast <laughs> in that. But yeah, oh, out of a thousand days. Lily James could be Anne Boleyn. That'd be good. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking, thinking... Maybe just because she looks like Bujold. But... Saoirse. Yeah. Saoirse Ronan. Well, she was... Um, uh, wasn't she Mary Queen of Scots? Yes, yes, yeah. she was. Of course she was. Well, I was also thinking Margot Robbie, and I think maybe I was just thinking about that film. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Mm. Who would be Henry? That's a weird, um, well, 
Actually, Anthony Hopkins, maybe. He's too old. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe as Henry VIII. Um, maybe maybe 15 years ago. I don't mean in terms of his age. I just mean in terms of his relevance. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Sorry, Russell, if you're listening, I'm sorry. If he's listening, and I don't think he is, but if he heard you say that, he will, he will fuck you up, mate. I don't think yeah. you want to say nasty things to Russell, Russell Crowe. If, if he's listening, then you, you guys are doing a lot yourself. better than you expected. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well i look i i love russell crowe um i think he's the best thing in lame is and i'm not even being mean about that film no. it's interesting you say lame is because lame is was lame is nominated for an oscar yeah yeah was it nominated it for best picture yeah definitely was i was gonna well, say because that's essentially what hello dolly's doing on a, you know it's, it's a musical adapted to a to, to a film yeah that has been nominated for and i feel like that is quite rare you don't usually well get you nominated. say that looking at the list of films it is rare now but it's not rare when we're speaking if we're right. saying the year before this um oliver yes of course was Musical. nominated and earlier on in the decade my fair lady sound of music uh, mary yeah. poppins all nominated even in the next decade you've got things like chicago uh, not chicago cabaret mm. you've got um all that jazz, which is sort of a musical about uh, Bob Fosse. And other things. Um, loads, I think, and then even further back, you've got all of the Fred Astaire ones. Loads of them were nominated. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very, it used to be a very, it used to be one of the, there was always going to be a musical, pretty yeah. much. Funny I girl. wonder if, yeah. Um, I wonder and, if that's why Hello Dolly doesn't, doesn't really pit that list. I, I don't really feel the need to, yeah. to, give the award to, it, to Hello Dolly. Hello Dolly feels like the one of the less good versions of that thing. Yeah. That was there are better versions of that big old school musical. Yeah. Um I think. Yeah. Yeah, whereas I think uh, as much as the cowboy genre had gotten uh, you know it had gotten its worth. I think there were a lot of cowboy movies that had done quite well. Yeah. I do think it was quite refreshing having it well, it's having got a different two, vibe. Yeah. yeah. Having two relatively metropolitan, especially Robert Redford, men, you know, playing these old characters. Let, let's briefly talk about the films that didn't make the cut. Because mm. looking at the list, I was surprised. The big One of the big winners of this year was um, They Shoot Horses, don't they? I love um, that I title. think they do. And, <laughs> yeah. But that, was, that wasn't nominated for Best Picture. No. Um, Easy Rider wasn't nominated for Best no. Picture. Um uh, Maggie Smith won her first Oscar for really? Jane, uh, uh, the Prime of Miss Jean Brody. Oh, um, which Sorry. which was nominated for Best Picture at the Baftas, but not yeah. uh, not uh, at the Oscars. So yeah, Jonah, what do you think? What would yeah. what would you? Hmm. Well, I I think I'm gonna have to agree, which isn't it's annoying because it would mean <laughs> I'm okay. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna but I'm gonna briefly gonna play Devil's Advocate. I think for. Uh, Midnight Cowboy and Zed, I think. Yeah. Um, I think I I agree with some of the takes on Midnight Cowboy. I, it felt like it it was a bit wandering, but in terms of the f the the use of film to create feeling, I think yeah. it was. It's because I, I, you mentioned how I broke down. How I you mentioned how I broke down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you talked you talked about how I how I worked before in like trying to what do i think deserve the award in terms of like technical 
film versus you know just what press my buttons necessarily yeah. but i do think you know count to counter my own argument if a film can you know if a film makes you feel joyous i think yeah then it's doing something then it's doing something yeah. technically well the words on the page in that script the way it is being you know way it's being directed for the performers is um is is a, you know is effective um it's interesting about Midnight Cowboy. I looked, uh, when I was on IMDb, they do reviews now. Um, so that made me sound ancient. Um, <laughs> the reviews on IMDb they do now. reviews now. But, but, but I saw uh, the, the first review that came up for Midnight Cowboy was um, a guy, and it's the internet. I have no <laughs> idea how truthful this could be, but it feels odd to have made something up about a film 50 years old. Anyway, the review was basically this guy going, I was a cop in New York around the late sixties and early seventies. And this is exactly what it was like, you know? Yeah. You would have people waiting on street corners, puffing on a cigarette, coming up to people. Only two puffs. And then only two puffs, throwing it away. away. Very wasteful. Um, But did they look cool? They did look cool. (laughs) That's the thing. Smoking was cool back then. It's not now because it's, it's, it's harmful now. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think, think that's the way science works. Why I'd what what would tempt me to maybe want to give it to Midnight Cowboy is it, it's not on a it's not not on the same level in terms as some of these other films. Obviously, it's got you know Dustin Hoffman in it, who's a big movie star, but at the time he wasn't. It's got a poster of Paul Newman in that movie on the yeah. wall. It's films you know whereas yeah. Hello Dolly was completely built sets in a lot. Um, Midnight Cowboy is filmed on the street to the point where a car can nearly hit Dustin Hoffman. It's yeah. punching above its weight considerably, I think. Yeah. And yeah, I think academically, Midnight Cowboy probably is the best film of the bunch. Mm. But it didn't make me. I, I, I know that it's clever, but yeah. I didn't. I have to think about that afterwards. And I actually. I, I, I was, think in yeah. that respect, it failed for me because it didn't grab me by the lapels and maybe that's because i was bringing expectations to it but i think it's a great film but it's a great film because of the reasons it's great whereas butch cassidy and the silence kid is a great film because it's a really well-made film with a great script great actors but it also just gets into your heart and makes you feel alive if you want to be a big old masochist then you can you can watch films that don't make you feel happy and you know i can understand why they exist and it is important to have films like that but at the end of the day if you're watching a film like any of these five you want to enjoy them especially things like especially things where it is it's not trying to impart a lesson it's not sending as kind of as dire a message it's just going look at these cool ass cowboys prancing around the wild west having the time of their lives and that's what i want to do yeah it made it made me want to be a cowboy yeah. i mean yeah. not the end in a way but... that midnight cowboy did not make me <laughs> no. want to be a cowboy yeah but, um, two cowboys both yeah, based on books as well I well you're right jack in that you can you know you can spouse lyrical about the tech you know the technical brilliance and you can throw around your maze on zen as much as you like but which of these films is the one that you want to put on again 
Yeah. yeah. yeah which of the films do you want to watch? If you're talking about what was you know what was the most successful film, it's the one that you know will will live in your head for a bit. Yeah. Um, does anyone want to go up to bat for Hello Dolly? No. Okay. Good costume. Um, I did. No, I costume, did I, we did talk about it before. Today. Yeah. 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 Um, Jack, you were about to say something about Anne of the Thousand Days, and I cut you off and talked about Russell Crowe. Um, anything oh, you want to speak about that? You enjoyed I, it more than you thought you were going to. Yeah, I did. I think I wonder if part of the reason I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to is because of the the kind of the behind the scenes stuff. Because obviously right. uh, Richard Burton um, was in it. That's not interesting. The interesting about it is his wife at the time, Liz Taylor, also a very Who famous movie star, presented the Best Picture Award this Did year. She? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I will be becoming Liz Taylor in a minute to announce what the Oscars actually excellent. awarded. That sounds, the like film a, to. that sounds like a film that would have come out. Becoming so Liz Taylor. Become, becoming Liz Taylor. Late nineties sort of <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, well, Elizabeth Taylor was actually. Um, well, I don't know how much of a front runner she was, but she she was rejected for the role of Anne Boleyn um, wow. because she was deemed too old. Wow. She was actually oh. there. But she did get a role in the end. She played someone in the court with a mask on. It was a really brief cameo, but it allowed her to be on the set because um, she wanted to be around to keep tabs on Burton and Bijol because she thought they were having an affair. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, That's like, like imitating art and all that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's fantastic. Yeah. Although interesting you say that she was too old. Um so Anne Boleyn in this story is eighteen when they meet. Yeah. Just um, just but, eighteen. Yeah, just eighteen. But historians yeah. reckon that she was actually twenty five. Oh, okay. Uh, apparently. They they reckon that people earlier got it wrong. Well, this is a depiction this is a depiction of historical events. You can read it in- so there is- there are versions of this story told where and is a lot more into it. She's much more of a seductress and it's mm. more and and it's much more of a power play of getting him to It's less noble as well. Yeah. It's yeah. she's a lot less and it, and in those versions she is an older actress. So mm. I'm, 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 I'm most of what I'm talking about is the Tudors with uh, Natalie Dormer. Oh yeah. yeah. Which actually I think does a better job at telling the story of the dissolution of the monasteries than this film. <laughs> if anyone wants to uh, watch this story, don't watch Another Thousand Days, watch the Tudors. Watch, watch the raunchy um, version. Oh, I, I, one thing else I was going to say about Another Thousand Days, before this, um, so this is a film about, there's a relationship between a King Henry and a Thomas in his court, right? Yeah. Mm. Thomas Cromwell. Richard Burton, played Thomas Beckett in a film about Thomas Beckett's relationship with a King Henry yes. um, earlier on, who was played in this film by Peter O'Toole. I can't remember the name of the film. Sorry. Um, yeah, I just thought that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay, so verdict. Jonah, which one are you going with? Oh, uh, Butch Cassidy. Has Jack? I, yeah, I think it's going to have to be Butch Cassidy. I believe, lads, it's unanimous. There we go. Our award. We're giving our Not Exactly Citizen Kane fake Oscar to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And uh, I'm sure everyone involved is thrilled about that. We finally, you know, uh, made them happy. Now, there we go. do either of you know who actually won? I do. And if, yeah. Jonah, do you? I don't. No. Would you like to guess? I think it is 
I think Midnight Cowboy is probably... What if it was Hello Dolly? What if wow. it was Hello Dolly? Maybe it is, you know. It might be Hello Dolly. Jack, is it Hello Dolly? Do you remember? Oh, it might be. Oh, I don't want to it spoil it. Be. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Janice, you're uh, going... Gene Kelly was very happy that year. <laughs> you're going with... Um, you're, you're guessing Midnight Cowboy, yeah? Yeah. Okay, right. I'm going to become Liz Taylor. You're going to notice the, the change in the energy, right? Is she going to sound a bit like um, Willy, Woody Out? <laughs> is, are you, I'm going to become Christopher Walker playing Liz Taylor. Well, I'm I'm, I'm delighted to, uh, to uh, Liz. <laughs> I'm delighted to to, to to give the award to uh, my my Dustin Hoffman's got less good. Um. Uh, okay, let me do. Okay, let right. me do Liz Taylor for real though. <clears throat> the Oscar went to. <laughs> Midnight Cowboy. Hey. <laughs> Are you doing Liz Taylor or was that Arnie? <laughs> Did you not know that Liz Taylor was actually an Austrian body? I don't know what Liz Taylor sounds like. So for a second, I was just like, is he just trying to do Liz Taylor? <laughs> that is what she sounds like. Oh. Um, Richard Burton, <laughs> would you like to get married? Um... And have lots of a fear. No, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Vampires. That was my Arnold Schwarzenegger. Vampire. Right. <laughs> I know I where the bastard sleeps. Her in my head to now not have Arnold Schwarzenegger in a wig. <laughs> I didn't know what she looked like initially, so I I had in my head the the mum in Adam's Family Values, uh, Angelica <laughs> Houston from Adam's Family Values, um, and then imposed onto her now is the voice of Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> We've created a monster. <laughs> We've <laughs> besmirched them. The memory. The, the legacy. Sorry. <laughs> if Liz Taylor is listening, have a word with Russell Crowe. I think he's got beef already. This, is, this podcast is just going to be us working our way through the Hollywood elite and just yeah. slagging them off. Who would you, Jack, cast in a modern day remake of uh, Hello, Dolly? If Ooh. not Imelda Snorton. I am looking Imelda Snorting. <laughs> Imelda Snorting Coke. Um, <laughs> right, no, that's like... her. That's her. Angered. Check her off the list. <laughs> oh, come at me, Im. Um, <laughs> that's what I call her, Im. No, I, 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 oh, let's think. I think maybe I'm going... It, you'd have to get an older actress again. But I think Mr. Vanderpump... I think Tom Hanks could do a good. Oh, that would work though, that wouldn't would it? Yeah, you'd not you'd want them to get together. Okay, has yeah. this? Has this? Tom mm. Hanks. Mm. I'm thinking about people who are sort of like Barbara Streisand, yeah. right? Tom Hanks well, and Lady Gaga. Yeah, I was going to say Lady Ooh. Gaga just because they look. <laughs> well, yeah, because they look alike. They look like the same person. Or I'm, I'm not sold. If I'm honest, I, the main reason I'm expecting older. Weirdly, Meryl? I think Barbara Streisand now. Could do it. Yes. Oh, mate. Like James L. Jones in the uh, the Lion King. Yeah. Actually, James L. Jones as Dolly <laughs> <laughs> and Tom Hanks no, as Vanderbeek. I'd see um, that. I would see that. I wouldn't. I don't know why I'm pretending. No. Right. So, are we happy with that result? Midnight Cowboy, I think it's a worthy win. Yeah. I think are. it's a worthy win. I totally. think. Well, my, I think because, it, you know, but Butch Cassidy is, is a kind of. Is a, 
is a big movie, I think it's it doesn't it wouldn't matter as much. They would still be Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Whereas I think yeah. Midnight Cowboy need, would need a bit of validation, possibly yeah. in the public eye. Yeah, that's an interesting well, point. Case in point, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid didn't win. Yeah, and it's it, I, I'd say yeah. it probably has stood the test of time better than than most. Yeah, although um, Butch Cassidy got terrible reviews when it came out. Did it? Roger Ebert hated it. He said the beginning was amazing, and then the middle, which was filmed in location, was so boring that he reckoned everyone who got back from the location shoot was t- too invested in the location shoot to have the balls to cut it. He was very mean. Well, you know what? We've pissed off enough people <laughs> in Hollywood alive and dead already. Sod off, Roger. <laughs> oh, I, I think the people who care <laughs> of all of the people we've annoyed, the people who like Roger Ebert will now be hunting you down. <laughs> um, uh, uh, great time to ask Ebert. Jack if there's anything he wants to plug. <laughs> oh. um, before he runs so I, I, I will be running away to Bolivia to <laughs> but stands um, the three of us are like <laughs> the three of them yeah. <laughs> that that bit in the middle where it goes all sepia and all the, the photo montage of I them. was losing yeah. my mind I was loving that bit <laughs> I love that uh, n- not really no uh, well, I'm not doing much I am I am a musician um, so you can check out like my music stuff uh, on Spotify and other other places, um, I am writing some music for some uh, videos. There's a video series by the aforementioned Moonhouse Theatre mm-hmm. um, that's I think everybody should check out because yep. it's, they are great. It's really interesting. They're, they're very they're on the up and up. Um, yes, them folks. If it, I can't remember, I think we've t- retweeted them. So if go to our Twitter if you want to find them. Possibly be able to find them on there. I think I have. Yeah, and uh, if not, that, he will before you hear not, this. So <laughs> we, we will have done. We should. Um, we should. Uh, we'll have to ask Ellen on, won't we? Yeah, she'd be if she would be up for that. It would be a very musical heavy year. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, um, I don't really have much much else to plug really though. Uh, stay at home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, uh, not not forever. Yeah. <laughs> stay at until home you're until you're allowed to go out. Yeah. Stay at home um, and watch films. Yeah. 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 Um, well, thank you, Jack. Oh. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Um, we love you. Here. We oh. love you. <laughs> um, and it's been lovely to chat. Thanks for watching all these films. Thanks for bringing us a great year oh, yeah. as well. Um, if thank anybody you. has a year they desperately want us to talk about or they you know, desperately want to talk about with us, we will vet you heavily. But, <laughs> um, you know, drop us a line. Uh, all good. Uh, we are live. As ever, you can hear us on Spotify, on... Do you know what? I'm going to say it's not true, but I'm going to do the podcast thing. Is that all right? You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. It's not true. You can't, but... Um, you you know. might get your podcast in really weird places. Yeah, exactly. And we don't want to, you know... In all seriousness, the three of us are going to leave you now. We're going to run to Bolivia and try and rob some banks in Spanish. Yes. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.